The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 96 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got Josh Roberts, at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. John George, at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And soon joining us, hopefully, uh, barring any technical issues, we'll have Chris Chung at Prime LOL. So, lots to get to. First of all, we got the heavy weekend slates in the LPL. We got the three gamers on Saturday and Sunday now. We've got playoff pictures to talk about in the Eastern Leagues and the LEC. We're going to wait a little bit on the LCS. It's a couple weeks behind. So, And then, well, obviously, that's also going to change, too, because we have the new format. And then uh, we have a couple couple news things to touch on. Um, first of all, how was your guys' weekend? Uh, I was. I mean, I was sick. Really badly for the beginning of this week and the Are end you of the weekend. The second vaccine shot. <clears throat> no, this this time I just got a flu. Oh, you just actually like, sick. Yeah, I spent like a whole twenty four hours just like throwing up, Oof. going to sleep, waking up, throwing up, going to sleep. The dream. What about you, Josh? I don't even remember. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I went and looked at cars and. Uh, other than that, didn't do much, so it was an okay weekend, yeah. Not bad. That's the important part, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, we got a lot to get to. I didn't want to do – I didn't want to field any, like, listener questions. I still got a couple of those in the icebox for a future show, but, like, in the middle of the season like this, we got a lot of games to get through and a lot of stuff to talk about. Did have a couple of news pieces. We got – our first bit of news was we are officially having the midseason Invitational this year. It's going to be in Reykjavik, Iceland. And that's it. That's all we got the announcement for in terms of the format and all that stuff. We'll we'll have to wait until a later date. But Iceland's kind of a cool spot. I, I you know a lot of speculation on why it was chosen. I know they have a pretty low, you know, COVID. They have a good COVID situation, which I think is part of. They had to have played into it, right? I also think it's kind of a central location ish for a lot of these teams, like Europe and NA especially. So, yeah, gonna be gonna be good to have that back again because we didn't get a real a real taste of that last year although I'm not sure how that would have turned out if we if we played MSI last year <laughs> any thoughts on MSI we just gotta wait I don't know. yeah I mean it's it's cool to have it back um I'm, I'm interested to see what's gonna happen with the volcano that they're talking about oh yeah that's and, uh, and uh, it'll be fun if we can have MSI back man MSI's MSI is a fun watch Always, always, always a fan of more international competition. So definitely, definitely, just excited to have it if we can get it. Yeah, um, you know, it'll be fun to see. Like, I, I'm always talking about caps versus the, the great mids in the in China. So it'd be good to see that. But even just like with the rise of a lot of these great players, like people talking about Reckless and Viper, and just kind of see like being able to see a Reckless versus Jacket Love and Viper in lane yeah. and things like that. That that I think all of that's really fun to watch and be able to compare. It also just gives you like a litmus test for for worlds. 
because we really we didn't have that last year, which kind of made it a little tricky to handicap going into Worlds because we had like we had absolutely nothing. It was just cold turkey right into Worlds, so we at least get a little taste to see like you know regional comparison anyway. Like okay, how how good are these teams? compared to their league and then the other leagues. So we got a little bit of a taste of that. We kind of know over the years how this goes, but you like to see how up and down each of the leagues are, and it's good to get like at least a little you know, taste test with them. Yeah, MSI's always got some great moments, man. The last time oh, we had yeah. MSI, we got to see G2 win. We got to see that Invictus versus SKT like 17-minute game or whatever how it was. Liquid last time? Yeah, liquid in the finals. Yeah, there's always great storylines at MSI, man. Yeah, it's, we've, definitely had, uh, we've definitely had a few... Uh, We've dealt with Chris is joining us, so welcome, Chris Chung. Got to get back on the right track with my pick of the weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking. Uh, we just got finished talking to MSI. Do you have any uh, big picture thoughts on MSI? You, excited, you just excited for it, Chris? As long as the volcano doesn't erupt, and which will kind of reveal that, uh, I like this format. I really do. Everyone just goes straight in, plays, no play in, just no nonsense. I can't. I'm excited for the format. They're great yeah. DFS slates. Great DFS oh, slates yeah. for any international Perfect. tournament is always great DFS slates. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, John specialty too. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, uh, John, you uh, you mentioned uh, proving grounds, which is happening at the moment. Uh, you want to you want to go in a little bit on that because I know you you wanted to talk about this. Yeah, I, I love proving grounds. I love what they've done here, which is make a tournament that has academy teams, but also has amateur teams, which we rarely ever get to see. And, you know, people will know some of these names, like Solafide, uh, Solafide or Solified or whatever their name is. They have Tuesday, who we've seen in Academy, Zazel, who was in the LCS. Uh, yeah, and Zazel, who was in the LCS forever, Apollo, Winston, Dokla. All those guys are people that people know, I think, except for maybe Winston. He was on TSM Academy. Um, no Org is, a, is another amateur team that's in there that has Viper, Onda, big guys that we've seen before. So you get teams of those kind of guys. But the most interesting thing, I think, so far this year is the academy teams got whooped. Like, not all of them, but the academy teams that went into the qualifiers originally got whooped by these amateur teams. So, And there's some of them, like TSM Academy uh, got whooped by no org. TSM Academy has Cody's son and Hauntzer, like people that are, like, you know, well-known that could have been maybe in the LCS this year. And, yeah, they got whooped up by these amateur teams. So it's worth knowing that, like, there's going to be some talent at this tournament that you're probably going to see in the LCS in the future if you want to prepare yourself. So the next time, you know, one of your favorite teams picks up a five fire or something, you would have seen him play on no org before that. And you can, you can know who he is. Yeah. It's almost, almost like an EU masters kind of vibe more than Academy league. Cause Academy, Very league, much. like I, I think it's good to have it, but like, it doesn't have that same, um, I guess, energy. This feels like it's more organic, I guess. Cause you have these, you know, they're not Academy teams. They're actually, they're just yeah. like independent teams. It's kind of like NA Masters, you're right. It's like an EU Masters, but for NA teams instead of EU teams. I will say this, again, like, I haven't watched much of this tournament, but just, like, looking at some of the results in this, it's like, people like to meme on NA talent and the lack of depth, but, like, look, if independent teams are beating academy teams, that's maybe saying that it's not maybe not quite as bad as people think either. Yeah, that the talent might be out some, there. Somebody was saying something about that. I, was, I don't know who, uh, it might have been... Peter, it might have been Peter Dunn. I seen one of the coaches was talking about. They were like, if these all these independent teams are beating up on academy teams, maybe there's more talent available than people think. Yeah, maybe some of these roster slots are being held up with former LCS guys. The thing we've talked about before, yep. former LCS guys holding up some of these spots where maybe there's some more talent out there that we're not seeing. Or, I mean, I'll say this because there's a couple guys, Dokla and a couple of these other guys, like big, 
Tuesday, we've seen before. Well, he didn't play too much in the LCS. It was mostly on CLG Academy, right? Like, a couple of these guys we've seen before, and maybe a second chance is what they need the second time around. I don't know. I'm, I'm, sometimes the second chance they do better. You, you never know. So, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. That's happening, I think, now through March and April, I believe. I don't know what the, the timing and the scheduling is like. but Yeah, it hasn't started yet. It's coming up uh, pretty soon here, though. All right. Uh, any other news that I forgot about? MSI, Improving Grounds. we got a big slate. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so I kind of just wanted to get right into it, unless there was anything I was forgetting. Going once. Going twice. Not nothing we can't cover when we get to the leagues themselves. All right, let's rock and roll then. So, I wanted to go over the playoff pictures before we go into the matches because I think it's important to have some context on, on where these teams are at. So, the LPL, most of the teams have six or seven matches to go. Uh, most of them are on they're on either 10 or 11 matches played so far, and the LPL each team plays 16. They play single round robin against the whole league. So we have a couple teams that are realistically eliminated already. That would be TT, uh, Thundertalk, E-Star, OMG, and Rogue Warriors are more than likely already eliminated. Uh, like TT, E-Star, and OMG, like they could win out and get and maybe get a spot. But I don't think that's very reasonable to expect with those teams. And then the LPL, I don't think anything is locked, technically. Like, I don't think any position is, is locked. Like, even... Gonna... No, it's a, it's going to be a battle in the top 12. I mean, there's there's yeah. 12 teams that are legitimately in the running here, I think. And when I look at these 12... Like, when I look at... Like, some of the teams are clearly making it. EDG is going to make it almost for sure. EDG, RNG is going to make it almost for sure. You know. WWE. But when you look back at the bottom of the of like the playoff picture, Invictus, LNG, Sunning, Victory Five, BLG, all those teams, yeah, JDG, all those teams feel like they've got some reasonable shot of ending up in the playoffs. Nobody there that I think is like an obvious miss. So yeah, and even soon, I mean, honestly, this like going up to this point in the season, I would have said Sunning, but their last two matches they've just looked dynamite. They've they played their two best matches in the last two. So I mean, obviously one of them was pretty easy, but. Yeah, even they're, like, coming to life now. So, yeah, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath in the LPL. And I'm with you. I think there's legitimately, like, 12, like 12 teams fighting for eight spots. So that's going to be pretty pretty wicked to see for sure. Um, with that in mind, let's jump into the first few. I didn't bowl. I, I tried to – I tried to on our itinerary here, I tried to bowl the ones that I think are, like, key playoff matchups. But really, anybody that's fighting for a playoff spot, it's an important match. So our first one here is going to be E-Star. Plus 779 against JDG, minus 1400. JDG minus 1.5 is at minus 323. So, this is a critical match for JDG. They are currently at 6-4. and four. They're in 6th place currently, but they have not looked to themselves, I would say. I think that's safe to say. Does anybody agree with that? Disagree? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they've looked themselves at all. I think they're still a clear playoff team especially because they have a very easy schedule at the end of the year here. Yeah. Unless they really botch some stuff, I think they probably are going to end up with enough wins to be in the playoffs. But this doesn't feel like uh, 2020 JDG, where it's like the, probably a contender to win the title or anything like that. They actually feel like a lower-ranked a lower ranked playoff team to me. Yeah, I don't... If they weren't 6-4, and four, I honestly don't... I, I would kind of put them... If I had to pick them to make it or not, I'd probably pick them to not make it. But they do have the extra win in tow right now. 
I don't know. They, they, their, schedule. their schedules, yeah, their schedules so easy. I think even if they were like five and five, I'd be pretty excited about them. All right, so they get JDG get Arn. So they get this match against Eastar. That's their only one. This their only other one this week. They lost FPX on Monday. Next week they get Victory Five, which is not an easy out. They get RNG after. No, they get a lot of they get five days rest for that, so that'll be good for them. That's not an easy out either. A week after, they have LNG, LGD, and they finish with OMG. So, yeah, their last three are pretty easy. So, if they... I mean, you figure OMG... I don't... Maybe not LNG, but OMG and NJ and LGD are definitely are almost definite wins for them, I think. Yeah, this E-Star matchup plus the LGD plus the OMG... Gets them to nine wins, which is probably and that's enough probably for, like, seventh or eighth at, at worst. Yeah, just have to not bobble a couple matches against the really bad teams. They could afford to lose to RNG and LNG. Yeah, and, and, and make the probably too. And they could probably yeah. still make it just because they they're at six wins already. So, yeah, they're probably going to get in now that I'm looking at it. But if they didn't have that extra win, I I would not be confident in them. They, J, my issue with JDG is they've been way too predictable. Like I feel like, and, and maybe you guys might disagree with this. I don't know. Just like watching their games, like. It feels like they need the other, like they they pick these teams, and they play this way too, where they want the enemy team to do like the stupid five v five herald fight that every team can't say no to. Have you guys noticed this? They were talking about it on the broadcast this week too. Like, it seems like they go to that, expect the other teams to basically int that fight, and they want to win that fight every game. And if that fight never happens, they don't win the game. And like, it's not like a direct correlation, but a lot of their losses have been the other team just doesn't do that, and they lose the game. So I don't know if it's like they've been figured out or if they need to come up with something else. I'm fully confident that they can. These players are just too good. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, looked a little shaky against TT, but a lot of teams look shaky against them in the early game. So I'm not going to be – it's the one thing that team does well, and even that's debatable. But I don't want to even hold that game loss against them because that's just going to happen sometimes with that team. I think that team's just going to spike early games against people sometimes. But, yeah, it, JDG – they need to do some impressing for me personally if I'm going to be backing them in playoffs at all because they have not really impressed me so far this season. It hasn't been as bad as some other times, but yeah. I feel I feel similarly about JDG that I do about 100 Thieves when we get to NA, which is that I'm really tired of good team-fighting teams picking compositions that fall off so that their good team fighting is very often outdone by the fact that their champions are not good. And like 100 Thieves has been has been overcoming this in a lot of their games. Yeah. But if you're a really good team like at team fighting, which I think JDG is and I think 100 Thieves is the same way, like a, a dragon fight or a herald fight like you're talking about, they usually execute very well. I just wish they would pick champions that were better in the mid to late game so that they could afford like to actually have power in those fights. They like I swear those two teams take Rennington like every single game. And I don't have beef with Rennington necessarily, but those kinds of picks are just often going to make your life harder when you're getting to like mid-game team fights. If you execute really well in those fights, I'd rather just have somebody who executes in those fights better. Yeah, they've had some really bizarre draft. Like the first game against Fun Plus was over before it started. I don't know if you guys saw that draft. That was like they had a team comp that like literally didn't do anything. It was like the weirdest thing. Like I gotta pull this draft up now. It was ridiculous. Yeah, jo- Josh, Chris, any thoughts on JDG? You guys like concerned? Like, do you think they're gonna make playoffs? Do you are you concerned when they do? Like, they're gonna have to play someone good. Uh, I mean, I think 
I don't know. I think they definitely haven't looked like what we expected from them. I think almost all of us had them as like a top three, four team. So for from that perspective, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. But I mean, this is a league like I was just looking at the standings and it's like IG and JDG are like ninth and seventh respectively. So it's like, yeah, I mean, they're going to be playing someone good, but so is whoever's playing them. You know what I mean? Like the this team's just or this league's just so deep. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's just going to come down to the number, I think. But but yeah, it's I don't know. They they haven't been nearly up to the standard that that they probably expected themselves, nor that we expected from them. One more thing while we're talking JDG. How does everyone feel about the fact that they picked up Mystic and ZA and then have not played them almost at all since the very beginning of the season when they played ZA a little bit? I think it's we. I think it's weird because everyone. I'm gonna tee. I'm gonna tee off on some people on this one. Not anybody specific, just like the people that were saying this kind of shit early in the season. They started ZA, and people were bitching and clamoring for Yagal. So what the hell? You can't have it both ways. Is, oh, is, I'm happy, they, he, never, I'm happy he, they never put them in. I'm just interested how other people feel about it. I think it's – I mean, I am never, ever opposed to picking up depth, ever. I think people people get like – I don't know if it's just like the NFL culture of like North America or whatever that like they – like the quarterback controversy culture where like anytime you bring in a good player, there's always controversy that the second anything goes bad for the one, they should start the other because that, that is 150% a thing in League of Legends. That is – so many people. You go to like any all social media. Obviously, it's social media, so you know you're going to see some megaphones, loud mouths with megaphones. But it feels like the second any of that happens, it just becomes like the hip thing to say, "Oh, we should bring this guy in because it's the cool thing." It's like, no, you're allowed to just have guys for depth. Like I, that, I I'm never opposed to this. I haven't seen any. I mean, look, if Viper has a bad game, is everyone going to be clamoring for hope? All of a sudden, I bet you're going to see some people saying that, even if it's just for the memes. I don't know. That's I a no weird example because, like, I'm still mad that Hope is not employed currently, but yeah. that's a whole separate issue. I do think it wouldn't be a bad thing to see Mystic. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, no. I was just saying, we still haven't seen Clear Love either. But EDG's been good, so <laughs> we have not, nothing to complain for that on that front. But, um, yeah, I was about to talk about the substitution. Would they be time for them to pull out, you know, Mystic and GA, but quite honestly, I just think JDG will go into the playoffs. That might be more of a talk for summer split more than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting... I, I think people overlook that kind of thing. I do think it wouldn't hurt to at least get some games for them, maybe, but at, the, at this point, like, they need all their wins. So, like, unless they're going to lock, like, maybe once they lock playoffs and they don't care about battling for seeding, I could see it. Just because, uh, honestly, Loken and Lumao, I'll, I'll say it right now, Loken and Lumao have not been particularly good. Yeah, no, they've been they've been worse than last so, season for sure. Zoom has been the constant for me. He's still been super good this yeah, season Kanabi's for me. has been pretty good still. They, they, they've had a couple weird games where, like, there was clearly some miscommunication or just the wrong intent going on, but... Uh, those two have been good for me still. Yagao's mostly been himself too, so I, you know. People forget, I think, we talked about it sometimes, but people forget also that sometimes players, like, guys that look like MVP caliber players, a lot of it can be champion pool dependent. Yeah. The champion pools we're looking at this split are not the same champion pools that Lumao was, like, destroying on last split. There was no Alistair's really last split. There was no, no we were all over the place. Rel. That's what he was, yeah, there like, was making no... his hay on in Worlds. But Rel's, Rel's new. Uh, Bard. 
Yeah, Bard. Uh, which what he was playing heavily last year that was like most impressive from him. Bard's mm-hmm. not really something you want to be playing right now. I mean, yeah. you can, but it's not you know exceptional. Yeah, I think the Bard pick is like the key one there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, my gut tells me like they get it together, like Suning's doing right now. But I also like they haven't been dynamic enough to me. Like they're just they're so predictable, and the players are good, but like. That's not good enough in this league anymore. Not 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 for playoff picture anyway. Uh, next up, we've got victory five plus two ten against Suning minus two sixty three. This is a direct uh, playoff competition here. Uh, these teams are both kind of on the bubble. I think Suning, yeah, Suning is, yeah. These teams are Suning's currently in tenth. Victory five's in eleventh. They're both five and five. So two bubble teams. I think this match could legitimately go either way. I think Suning, the way they've been playing recently, are probably a better team, but I don't know if they're this much better. I'm just looking up the stats on these teams real quick. So yeah, you're good. Josh. Number seems a bit big to me. Yes, yeah, I, I think, think it's too. a little bit, a little bit heavily based on preseason anchoring combined with recent performance. Um, as we know, the books kind of. We, we, we say it all the time, they kind of anchor on that preseason. And then if a team starts to deviate away, they, they react. But then now that they're showing that upside again, they're probably overreacting a little bit back to their preseason ELO model or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it seems like the number is a little bit big for me. I think, way, I think it's way big. It's probably have to take V5 whether you like it or not in this spot. Like, they're good. The number? Okay. Good. I was just gonna say the number the number does strike me as big, but I do think I'm looking at this, their GPMs and stuff now, and Suning is significantly better in all these stats, and the teams are definitely on opposite trajectory for me. Like Suning looked terrible at the beginning of the season, has gotten better and better. Yeah. Victory Five looked quite good at the beginning of the season and has looked slightly worse, slightly worse in my opinion. Not a lot worse, but slightly, slightly. So it feels like if the stats are are reasonably far apart and Suning is on uptrend and V5's on downtrend, I can see why they why they priced it this way. Yeah. I, I I still think like even if you cook in that kind of thing, like even if you cook in more recent performance, I still think it's too big a number. Like I don't think it's like the way I looked at it, my gut take on this was it's way out of line. But even I think even if you are on that like okay, Suning are definitely trending up, Victory Five trending down. If you're on that end like if you're on that side of the boat I still think this number is too big. Like, I don't know. Uh, give me, I like victory five outright and plus one and a half maps here. It's going to have to be way, way difference. I think if the, if, if victory five is going to win this one, as it always is with, with V five and he's, whew, I would like to see that guy playing on an elite team like way. Man, those two are both very, very good. Constantly too many ways. Chris, Curious, like we were talking about how Rima hasn't performed well. I mean, when he did last year, so did PP God. And I was wondering if they're like similar type of support players. Maybe that's one of the bigger issues with V5, like having a big regression. Um, I like the number is appealing, but I don't think uh, Victory 5 looked good at any point right now. They are still subbing in between Trigger and Y4. I think Trigger has made the last two starts. And has, uh, I guess, rewarded the team with their wins. But overall, I just don't think Victory 5 is, is even going to be playoffs, in my opinion. We'll see. Uh, Josh, any thoughts on this one? 
No, I just yeah, like I said, I just think the number is too big. But I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it if it's just a pass. I I just don't see myself being able to back sooning here. Yeah, I think that's that's the the more important takeaway. I think than if you want to back victory five, then I think you could easily make a case. It's hard to make a case for sooning. I think at that number, I should say. Sunday, uh, Saturday, we have LNG minus 370 against LGD plus 287. I highlighted this because... <laughs> All right, so technically LGD are not eliminated yet. They have eight matches to play still. We talked about this a little bit last week. They look terrible. But if they were to go on some kind of run or something, it would have to start here. If they lose this match, they're more or less done. So maybe like a backs against the wall situation for them. I don't know. They looked so terrible this morning. I mean, it was against WE. WE were very good, but they looked like not a professional team this morning. Yeah, LNG minus one and a half feels all right at minus one twelve. I actually yeah. think LNG's pretty good. I don't know. I don't think they're a league winning quality, but yeah. I think LNG's pretty good, and I think they'll get better as Ale gets used to the team. Um, I think Ali's pretty good. I th- basically, I think the talent of each individual player on LNG is pretty good, and it's just a matter of whether they can kind of make it all work. I think the only person on that team that I'm a little bit worried about is Lwandi, but I See, think Light is very good. I think, I think Icon's awesome. very good. I think Tarzan's very good. Um, I think it's just about whether this team can get a, a proper game plan and identity down. Well, they they look like they, they they've been playing more or less like – DRX or, or like WE last year. Like they're just playing the balanced team composition, probably played for stacking dragons. They're not trying to speed run people. That's like not their look, right? And if if they get ahead they can they can slam it home, but you know, they've been taking more of that like methodical approach to things. I'm not saying they're super slow, but yeah, I'm 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 more bearish on the individual talent on this team than you are, but I still think this is probably LNG minus one and a half. It's a good enough number, I think, that you just kind of ignore whatever the numbers tell you, and they're they're probably going to sweep this. Josh, Chris, thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. Okay, real Kramer exi- stuck in Elo hell. That's real, all. I have real to exciting say. match we have there for EDG. Um, now we got. Can I get a next? What's up? I would like to get an over-under on the amount of people in their DFS lineups that get confused between the two three-letter L starting teams and play the wrong players. How about the G teams? There's just a bajillion Gs. RG, yeah. ABG, LNG. Yeah. LNG and LGD. Like, there's got to be – I can't wait. Like, someone would have had the nuts, but they played the LGD 80 carry <laughs> to the LNG 80 carry or something. Like, it's for sure going to happen. That's funny. Yeah. Next up, oh, we got this is a good one. Um, or at least it's interesting. Uh, two pretty good teams. So we have Fun Plus minus two twenty seven against Rare Adam plus one eighty seven. So Fun Plus haven't clinched yet, but a win more than likely puts them in. But they've got you know five more matches to play. So Fun Plus are very very good. I think Rare Adam are pretty good, but I don't think they're quite in that that echelon. So I would lean toward Fun Plus here. I don't know. This might well, just be a pass. Fun Plus, Fun Plus, since the loss of Bo, has not been has not been as impressive as we would like. So, since they lost, since they went to Beishuan, it hasn't been nearly as good. I don't know that I want to go with Rare Adam in this game, but 
I'm a little bit worried about uh, Fun Plus. I mean, they should make the playoffs, but I'm a little bit worried about Fun Plus. They got to figure out how to how to integrate Beishwan, in my opinion, because they haven't been as good since. I don't know, man. I thought I thought the the. I mean, look, it was mostly a, I think a draft win, but like I thought the the what's it called the Karthus integration was great in that spot. It was perfect, and that's not something that I don't think Kanavi played Karthus at all last year, did he? I'm pretty sure Bo played it in LDL. I remember when I was looking into him, he played it a little bit. But, like, that kind of thing is so, so good against any of these teams that are just going to sit, like, against teams like an LNG or, or something like that. All these teams that just want to sit there and let you do something. But, like, that, it's a good, it, it's just a good tool to have in your toolbox. And I think a lot of teams don't, they, like, they're not willing to play it. So, uh, I think that part's interesting. It, it's, all these guys are good. That's my, my issue is, like, I don't know if the jungler on this team really even matters. Like I know JDG like draft gap themselves in game one, but game two wasn't even close either. They just got dumpstered. Like, do we think JDG and Vici are cl- or not Vici? Uh, Rare Adam are close. Yeah, I think JDG's better than Rare Adam, but not by a lot. I mean, if that's the, yeah, I was gonna say if that's the case, then this is because Fun Plus were like I think they were way bigger. Oh no, that was closer to even money. I remember that now because it was a weird line. But yeah, I I think this team's legit. I think they're maybe the second best team in the LPL to me what do you guys think I I, I think I think when it's all said and done they're going to be in the finals I think that's reasonable yeah. I don't think it's uh, I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say but uh, I think for me they're I, I talked about it last week and you guys, you guys admonished me because they were like undefeated or whatever and you're undefeated at that point <laughs> but uh, uh I I, for me, they're still like a fourth place team ish, as far as like where I think they belong. I mean, they got smashed by We, and We hasn't been without their their issues this year. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to put them in the finals yet. Josh, I can't. I legit just can't put anyone in the OPL in the finals. Like, listen, <laughs> here's what's gonna happen. And like, I don't know why we pretend this isn't gonna happen every week. Like, this is what's gonna happen. Invictus Gaming is going to come in as like the eighth seed and then just literally 2-0 everyone in the entire playoffs and get the first seed. Like, it's just not either. There's just – so unless you're saying they're going to play against Invictus in the finals, then like realistically this conversation is not even worth having. It's funny you mention that because we're going to talk about them in just a little bit <laughs> because tell me this isn't this isn't the spot. Like this isn't the IG spot later this weekend. Let's just get we'll – we'll, we'll go out of order. For a change, because I want to, I want to segue into this. So Sunday, we have Invictus plus one thirty three against Top Esports minus one sixty one. Every shred of evidence I've seen says this is a slam dunk Top Esports bet, which is exactly why it's probably an Invictus bet, right? You'll never make more money, <laughs> and this has been true of me my entire like history with Invictus. You'll never make more money than either betting on them as a huge underdog and then fading them the next match yeah. as a favorite, or vice versa, fading them as a big favorite and then betting on their next match as a big underdog. Like I swear to God, I like if they if they lose a match as a favorite, I just play a hundred percent IG in the next match, no matter who they're playing against. Like they are the Steelers. Snatched. They're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They play up to their competition and down to their competition, like in the most extreme way possible. I I sleep so soundly on nights that I know I have no money in play when Invictus Gaming is playing a game of Legion Legends. I legit, I remember I, last week when they played, was it, I forget, was it Suning or whoever it was that 2-0'd them? Suning 2-0'd them. Yeah. 
I woke up in the morning and I did my morning Google search LPL results. Immediately saw it and just went into the Discord and found the message I'd sent the day previous about how IG was going to lose. To and I sent it to Chris and I was like, "I told you." <laughs> like it's just, yeah. I, I, you know, it's just I get great sleep knowing that I have no chance of losing money be, due to Invictus <laughs> Gaming. <laughs> don't don't Invictus always like it feels like they're like a I, relative to their region. They're like a less good G two. Because the only time they lose is when they lose to themselves. But they lose to themselves way more often than G2 does. So it's like... I, I, you can never pin this team down, man. Uh, I'm going to take top esports in that spot, and I'm going to hate I'm gonna hate myself when Invictus 2-0 it, because somebody goes ballistic. Does IG have a game before this one? They play... No. They played earlier no, right. this week. They beat, BL, they they beat BLG. Oh, I'm still with you on the top now. Because that's gonna I hate be, it. Yeah, this is <laughs> this this, and that's got playoff implications too. Because top esports and Invictus are in the middle of the table right now, folks, which is wild. Um, yeah, Kev's got. Yeah, this is this is like they do like Fiora split push shenanigans, and they win two games like nine to seven or something like that. It's like. <laughs> Where they play like Quinn into Renekton that actually it works like a couple games in a row because the Shy can actually do that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, this is true though. All right, so I'll say this: this last last thing on this this Invictus because we saw the same trajectory last year. Clown around for like the first six weeks, actually start playing real team compositions. I don't know if it's a coaching thing or if the players just say, listen, we're not listening to you for the first half of the season. We're having fun. I'm convinced it's it's got to be some degree of that because you got a lot of veteran players here. And then they just start playing meta stuff, and they look pretty good, and they, like, collapse at some point in the playoffs. Like, that's what happens with this team, like, every single season. It did it twice last year. I mean, if that's the case, then you should just back Invictus all the way to the bank until it gets the playoffs, right? <laughs> I don't know. It is interesting though. They got they they've Kev's right. They've convinced the shot to play tanks. He's like, all right, I had enough fun. I'll 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 just I'll try to win now. That's what it, that's what it feels like, doesn't it? Uh, we went out of order, but uh, who so who do we end up doing in in fun plus rare Adam? That's like lean fun plus. I'd have to really think about about it, but that might actually just be a pass from me. I think that number. I think I, yeah. I think I pass it. Yeah, I think I my like my inkling is to kind of side with John on the the jungle change being more significant than maybe people are giving it credit for uh and that makes me like rare Adam a little bit more but it's just tough cuz like they I think they said it last night on the cast like rare Adam hasn't played any of the top tier teams yet so it's really hard to get an accurate gauge of their of their overall skill level cuz even like looking at their numbers like you know if you haven't played any of the big names yeah like even your numbers can then be inflated, you know, just strength of schedule wise. So it, it's, it's tough to get a great gauge on them. So I don't really know. It's definitely when you got to think about yeah. probably end up passing. I do think rare Adam or I do think rare Adam are good. I'm not sure if they're like great. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they do, they do so many things well and they're smart about a lot of things. And then every game there's like one or two just completely boneheaded plays that they do. And it's, like, really, really frustrating. And we've seen a lot of teams this year in a bunch of different leagues look exactly like that, and they're at the bottom of the table because they just lose the game on those plays. Now, recently, I'll, I'll say this recently, to like, their last, like, f- like four or five matches, 
they've kind of been eliminating most of those. And it's down to like one one not so bad mistake per match now. And I mean I the the game they played last night I mean obviously it's you know soft competition, but I like that they're you're starting to see this with like good teams. They 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 just don't take the stupid Herald fight. Like they just don't flip that coin. There's no reason to. They have a Tristana. Everyone's playing like Tristana and Jinx now. Leave your carry in the bottom lane. Take the tower plates. Take the free money for your hyper carry. There's no reason not to. Like, there's no reason to flip a coin in a fight like that, especially if it's against, like, Olaf or Lilia or Udi or, like, one of these good early game champions. So I like that they have their, their heads in the right place. They don't exactly have the sexiest play style. Like, they, you know, they're the team that's, like, winning these 30, like 35 minute games. And a lot of them are, you know, they're not they're not blowing people out of the water on the stat sheet. But I, I do think they're pretty good. It's just a matter of how good are they and how they and like you said, like how are they going to measure up against a good team? So it's going to be interesting. Got a banger next. RNG minus one hundred five, EDG minus one sixteen. You could probably. Ooh. I only looked at one place for this, but you could probably find it flipped somewhere. So shop around for sure. This is yeah, a this hard one's one. pretty. Yeah, this one's pretty tough. Um, I think th- there's like various advantages in this matchup that make that makes it kind of tough. Like I think Gala's worse than Viper, so I think that's an advantage for EDG. I think Flandre's better uh, at this point than than Jao, who is in the top lane. I think Wei is definitely better than GG. Yeah. So, like there's just it goes, and I think Cryan is better than Scout right now. So you're you're you got advantages to each team, depending on where you're going. I mean, Mako and Ming is one of the most classic LPL matchups that exists. Yeah. So, and pretty close, I think. Maybe Mako. I might lean slightly to Mako, but uh, I think I think that's a pretty close matchup. So, there's just advantages both sides of, of this matchup that makes it pretty hard to predict. If I'm leaning, I'm going G, uh, EDG. Uh, I think that's where I probably end up going. Josh? Uh, is Uzi coming back for this game? No. That would oh, be fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. There's only one there's only one hope. And it's if Uzi comes out of retirement. <laughs> Let me see where What if Hope went to RNG? That would be sick. I I'm actually Holy so shit. I'm actually that, so tilted. There's no way they let that happen thing. though. That's I'm so you don't let him go to your competition, dude. Are you kidding me? I'm so tilted. It's uh, it's I, oh man, it just feels so bad. Like I, I, I oh, think EDG is phenomenal for doing this, like the creating their team this way. But it's got to feel so bad to be Hope. Like he's in. I mean, all these guys have very short career windows overall. So he's in the prime of his career, and now he's sitting out a full year just because like they found another guy that's just as good or, or slightly better than him. I guess. I wonder if like, he's got like an agent or something that he can go to and just demand a trade. Imagine if. Uh... Like, if he was in a position where, like, he was one of the most talented, like, top laners in his league, and then no one would hire him, and so he had to be in an amateur team, and then he just crushed, like, all the academy players <laughs> in the academy <laughs> tournaments, and then still couldn't get hired. I don't know. That'd be crazy. See, that now I'm... I will talk to you guys uh, next week. How Thanks. Old Bye. Is, how old is Hope? He's 20. He's been playing. He went through. I mean, he spent three years or two years in the academy system. So it's not like he's doesn't have wear and tear a little bit. He's got plenty of career ahead of him, but it's not like he's seventeen. So yeah, it's kind of an interesting angle. 
I, I just I while you were talking, I just curiously put this just put this into the model, and I like CDG quite a bit more. So a lot of value on them in this spot makes this like minus one forty five plus one ten ish. So yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I I do think EDG are probably it's so hard. Way is so good though. I think that's the biggest gap on the map to me. Like I know maybe maybe Viper Gala, but I think Way JJ and JJ's good, but Way is just like on another level. So it's hard for me to it, it's hard for me to ignore Jungle Gap because I think it's critically important. Oof. And like what's crazy is like Xiaohu is getting better and better and better. So I don't know if we can like just like automatically assume gaps with him anymore. He has kind of gotten bodied by like the good top laners. But everybody that's like mediocre and worse, he's like completely destroyed. Or not even They're destroyed, like, but like he's done fine and won some of them. So these two teams are seven GPM away from each other. Yeah, that's how close they are. They're right, right in the same ballpark. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, this is this is gonna this is gonna be a, a fun match to watch for sure. Uh, I think you could justify either side. For, um, uh, a match that's not going to be fun to watch, but might be great for DFS, is Rogue Warriors <laughs> plus one hundred three against OMG minus one twenty three. Banger DFS banger. Fiesta. You want to talk about a top and like an up and down slate? Good God. We got, we got these like got to be playing like a hundred percent of one of those teams on this slate for sure. OMG have had like a crazy high kill per win, haven't they? Yeah, super high. Although, uh, if I remember correctly, Rogue Warriors calmed down a little bit when uh, when Betty yeah. came in. I don't think they've been as crazy. Since well, they've they also Betty. played just good teams and gotten their shit kicked in. So I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I don't really know what to <laughs> like take from that. Like, they might not be any different. The good teams are just. I mean, they did get a game win against LGD. Should we stop? <laughs> listen to that sentence for a second and just digest it. They got a game win against LGD. I can't. I can't. Impressive. Yet. Impressive. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, how bad? How are they this bad? Man, it's really tough. I'm just looking at that slate from a DFS perspective. I don't know how you choose between Rogue Warriors versus OMG and Invictus versus Top Esports. I don't even know how you choose between those two of who you're like heavy stacking Doesn't, on that day. I feel like Invictus tops like top has all the makings of like the super the super bloody match, and then it's just not going to be because they care too much. Could be. Yeah. I mean, Invictus. Invictus has like never been in a match where they didn't care. This is Invictus we're talking about. They're gonna try and die hard. Yeah, um, yeah actually, because I, I don't think like like TT Billy Billy like that. Those games could get a little weird. Not not because they're like particularly bloody like on a per minute basis, but like the fact that those games could easily go like TT jump out to a lead and then Billy Billy have to claw it back and it ends up with like this, you know, 20 to 15 slug fest. That's like 35 minutes long. <laughs> I could definitely see that happening in that. Just cause you just mentioned it. One of the things that I think is actually one of the bigger edges in DFS, especially on the one game sites is people see like kills per minute as like the golden source of DFS production. And they don't take into account that like how long the games last. So like yeah. for example, the, the 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 biggest example, and I don't mean to go on too large of a tangent here, but uh, this the C nine hundred thieves game from last week in the LCS, everyone thought like, oh, these two teams are really good. They both have high kill per minute, or they they're both like want to fight. This is going to be like one hundred percent. Whoever wins this game is going to be optimal. And then Cloud Nine won the game in like twenty three minutes, yep. and it was like a ten kill win or something. So like. 
people don't under and people underestimate that then the value on the other side of like the hundred thieves versus was it CLG match where like a hundred or Golden Guardians maybe and it was like a forty eight minute long game and each team only had like fifteen kills but they were still optimal in at the end of the slate because the game was so long that a as the game goes longer you're more likely to have higher kill participation amongst the team and b you just get so much CS. I think that's one of the bigger edges is if you can find these situations where, like you're saying, uh, they may not be a super high octane matchup, but it's just going to be a game of badminton where they're just hitting it back and forth to each other and no one knows how to finish the game out that you can you can actually print on those things because you can yeah. typically get it in a low on fashion. A slight chill. Um, I can't tell you how many times every week I tell somebody, like, you should just listen to the projections because the projections take all this stuff into account, like mm-hmm. – like, if you, like, there's other things you have to take into account, too. Kill participation. There's some teams in the world that, that have very high kill per win, but they have very low kill participation because Invictus. they just fight little... Yeah, Invictus. They fight little skirmishes or they 1v1 kill their opponents in lane all the time, and they get 5 to 10 extra kills every game that are, like, 1 or 2 or 3 KP instead of 5. There's other teams that have low kill per win, but it's all dragon fights where the, every member of the team gets gets a participation. Like, JDG was like that last year. Yeah. Um, so there's so many things you have to take into account, and people are always trying to outthink the projections. Like they message me, like, "Well, what if I take this into account?" I'm like, "The projections just take it into account. Yeah. Like you just don't have to. You just don't ever have to worry about trying to outthink them. They know what they know what's going on. I promise. They're yeah. way smarter than me. Just do it. Yeah, uh, uh, for sure. Like all this stuff's taken into account. Where I got lost on where we were. Oh, the the toilet bowl here. <laughs> Rogue Warriors OMG. Any any real strong thoughts on this one? I I do think OMG have looked like a better team, but doesn't this feel like the one that Rogue Warriors is going to get? Could be. Like, pure pure feel, here. pure gut handicap. This is this is the John talks about this all the time, like betting on the two worst teams, you just never win. Like it's just impossible for you to yeah. win your bet. <laughs> oh yeah, impossible. you're always wrong. Whoever yeah. you choose, you're wrong. Yeah, no shot. You're always so wrong, and say, nobody ever really wins. <laughs> I will say there's a funny thing that happens in DFS that I've noticed over the years as well. Just for a little bit more DFS content, um, people like playing good teams more than they like playing bad teams. Oh yeah, they would rather play like uh, Damwon against T1 than they would play OMG against LGD or whatever. Even if OMG LGD is way more likely to be bloody, they don't like putting bad teams in their roster. Yep. Where actually it's almost, when bad, when two terrible teams are playing, it's almost universally right yeah. to be playing one of those two teams because those matchups are bloodier. They go longer because the teams don't finish correctly. You know, all that kind of stuff. But people just don't, I've just noticed they're, if they're a bad team, they're always on yeah. their own, even if they're in a good matchup. You're also going to, yeah, you're also going to have a huge ownership advantage most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see that in the NFL too, right? They all gravitate toward the marquee matchup, the the highlight, the primetime games, and they just forget about the small ones in between. And those are where your money makers can be. Just how many people, how, how many how many fish in DFS end up? They they want to play like the NFL. Usually, when they do the NFL, it's like the Sunday afternoon slate, and then they do you know the late games in a different part or the Thursday games in it as a separate thing. But they also have contests that run Thursday all the way through Sunday night. And if you play those contests, it just like they're the p- only people playing those contests are the only people are the people that want to play people from the Thursday night game, and the Sunday night game. So it's like so easy to see. It's like that kind of thing. Like when you have a, a, a match like this, everyone's going to want a piece of Invictus top. They're going to want to plant their flag on one side of that. And you're right. Like psychologically speaking, they don't want anything to do with rogue warriors or OMG. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna probably have a little bit of both in that <laughs> on that slate. So yeah, this is this Sunday slate is actually really interesting for DFS. I think it's actually it's actually just brutal because like this does look like I, I don't play Eastern slates too often. This looks like a slate I would love to play. Yeah. And then I just see that there's Invictus Gaming, so I'll just get a green match. <laughs> uh, last one for the weekend. Well, it's not actually the last match because we already talked about Invictus Stop. But uh, T, Thunder Talk Gaming against Billy Billy. Thunder Talker plus 182. Billy Billy minus 222. Billy Billy continue to be a team that should be better than they are. I, every I, year. Like, every year, dude. Like, all right, so... You watch this team play, and they do so many. It's, they're another one of these teams. They do so many things right, and they just do one or two boneheaded things every 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 game. Like, like to me, this feels like a Billy Billy slam dunk, but like, I don't feel great about it. I don't think Thunder Talk are very good. They're not. I mean, as much as I want this to be a slam dunk, I've been like snaked in by Billy Billy too many times. Yeah. Thunder Talk's been. Decent when, once they had Xiaopang and Twilight in there. But uh, I think it should be an easy Billy victory. I don't want to chance it. Kind of pulling this up now to see where I'm at on this. Yeah. Numbers-wise, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think this is probably a TT bet if you're going to play it at all. But it's – I think – so they actually have pretty good objective numbers because they – they basically they so Thunder Talk basically sell out for early game. They draft that way and they play that way. Like they they will ditch bottom lane, bring it up, take that herald fight. They will they they will must have the first herald every game. It's like all like it's all in. That's exactly what they do every game. Smart teams just let them have it and then let them beat themselves fifteen minutes later. But some teams in the LPL don't always play that way, and they're just like nah 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 man, we're fighting for this. And if they lose it, then they get behind, and then it makes the game go an extra 10 minutes. You end up with a 35-minute Thunder Talk loss instead of a 25-minute Thunder Talk loss. That's literally, I've made so much money just betting First Herald with this team this season. They're like 70% plus on it. So, like, it's been, and it's like most of the time they're a big underdog, so you get it at like minus 110 or plus 120. Like, you get these like big fat numbers on it, and they're playing against a dragon centric team that's going to let them have it. It's been like printing money for for me on in on that bet this year. So th- they are capable of jumping out. We saw it against JDG. They are capable of jumping out on teams. And if they actually get a big enough lead that they LGD it last year, and they LGD it because they have such a big lead that it doesn't matter if they screw up, then they can win games. I, I don't know if I'm if I'm buying that against this team, but like maybe I don't know. This is probably a pass. I think I'm going to end up passing. I do think there's a reasonable argument for for Thunder Talk. I think they're getting it together a bit compared to their early game or their early season, but yeah. I think I probably just end up passing. I think you can find a better place to put your money than this probably. Yeah. This does feel like a DFS play. Also, like I don't know if you know. Yeah, like, you they, can't even do it because it's on the slate with, with Invictus Top and Rogue Warriors OMG, which is just like two way better matchups than Thunder Talk and VLG, but... You don't see you don't see any scenario where this ends up going like Thunder Talk jump out to like an eight to three lead and then Billy Billy grind it back. Yeah, I mean it, it could up. happen, but I'm guessing the projections are going to lean real heavily towards RNG or the Rogue Warriors OMG and Top. Yeah, Invictus, probably. My guess. That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, have uh, versus online then sleep. Yeah. You know, I meant to do that and I totally forgot to. 
I, next next week we'll try to do by day. We'll do we'll do the leagues by day. I, I meant to do that this week. I wrote I like literally had something written on my desk and I'm looking at it right now and I just totally forgot. So sorry about that. Um, any other thoughts on the LPL or just go to the LCK? Let's go to the LCK. Let's keep this. Moving. Yeah, let's do it. Let's keep this moving. We talk a lot. LCK playoff the LCK's, picture. The LCK sucks anyway. So we'll the LCK playoff play. picture. Notice I didn't disagree. And I'm Mr. LCK over here. So, um, I'm just. I'm like a disappointed father, man. I'm, I'm just so upset. <laughs> like, I'm so upset with so many of these teams. Anyway, the LCK is, uh, I actually think the playoff picture in the LCK is kind of lit. It's just not, I think the teams might be less good, if that makes sense. So, Damwon and Genji are, they're not, I think Damwon actually did clinch with their last win. So, Damwon are in the playoffs no matter what. It's just a matter of seeding now. Genji, I think, need to win one more, and they're locked in, too. Sandbox and Brion are more than likely out. Sandbox, I think, basically can't get out. Like, if they run the table, they end up 6-10. and 10. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, though, the LCK is now six teams, which we need to keep in mind. It's the LCS format, or it's similar to the LCS format. So it's it's uh, it's no longer the gauntlet. So you do have that sixth team getting in, which I think might be playing a role in some of these teams willing to do roster swaps the way that they have. Maybe not T1. T1 have never given a shit about making playoffs. They just always do. And they never get punished for messing around too much. But uh, So Sandbox and Brion are effectively out. And Damwon and Genji have essentially clinched playoffs already. So the other six teams, it's anyone's ballgame. And I think legitimately anything could happen. Like there are six series left, seven for some of these teams. And there's a lot of teams that there's a couple teams that are like I mean we're gonna talk about DRX like DRX are seven and four I could easily see them finishing below five hundred, but actually they have a fairly easy it looks schedule. it looks a little bit like I don't know I'm not as as bullish on the excitement as you like no, I think I'm not not even exciting as, as much as like it's going to be comp- like an interesting middle of the table like, that's I what I mean I'm not even sure way. it's gonna be I'm not sure it's gonna be that exciting like DRX. They're, I think they're reason, their schedule is easy enough that they're yeah. probably just going to make it. I don't see T1 falling out. To me, this really feels like it's going to be KT versus Afrika. One of them's getting in, one of them's not. And that's the like end of the playoff race for me. Yeah. I don't think Nongshim's looked good enough to, to battle for that spot. So I do for think Nongshim probably played their best series in their last match, but it's one series. Like They haven't shown me enough to really trust that. Josh, what do you think? About the just playoff the overall picture. playoff picture, yeah. Uh, I just think it's Chovy's world, and we're all living in it. And Kilometer Kevin in the chat doubted me on my last live bet on Chovy, and he paid for it greatly. So, yeah, Chovy is putting up some nasty, nasty numbers this season. <laughs> nasty. Um, wait, I'd also like to just take a little step back in time to win. Uh, you know, John, the esports plug, George was a big Chovy doubter. I had to get him with the knock knock Church of Chovy chicken. You know what I mean? It's interesting. I haven't heard much talk from him in the past couple of weeks about the kid. I don't know. It's weird. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they got me with Chovy. Chovy, uh, Chovy has stepped up to the level this uh, this season. I mean, I was just kind of pretty wrong about the LCK. If I'm honest with you, I thought Nongshim was going to be super good. I thought SKT was going to be like pretty like close to being a clear number one by the end of the split uh yeah it just it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been going my way in the lck the lck year. in general has been 
it's we like it's it's been like really competitive, but because of variance more than like quality. If that makes sense, like it, it's because it's it's like college. It's it. I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. Like the overall quality of the league is down. I thought it was going to be up. I think a lot of the mid table teams I thought picked up upgrades. And maybe it's just that it's early, and maybe by some, maybe by the middle of summer or something like that, I'll be eating my hat on saying that, and all these teams will look like the middle of the table teams will look more polished and good. But I mean, we do see that in the LCK a lot. Like Damwon literally finished what, like fifth place in spring, going into playoffs, and then we're the best team in the universe <laughs> by the end of summer. So I mean, not every team is that team, but. Like I, I thought, KT were going to be pretty good. We're seeing Gideon now, which is I guess we'll just go right into this the first match. We'll talk about these as we go because I'm going to get bogged down otherwise. Nongshin plus two seventy uh, two twenty seven, Hamwell Life minus two eighty six. So Hamwell Life have been. I don't know if you guys have looked at like the underlying stuff for Hamwell because they are a really interesting team. They rely so much on kills for their for everything. Like if they don't get a ton of kills, they don't win. They have a couple wins with like low, like low kill totals, but like so much of their economy, like so many of their gold leads, so much of their economy is based on kills. I usually hate teams like that, but when you're so consistent at it, at some point I have to give you credit for it, and they've been really, really consistent at it. Weird think, with these players too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, like, like specifically these guys. And we we were like talking about that before the season with Chovy specifically. Like, is he going to fit outside of a CV Max system, or was he just like the perfect tool for that you know job, right? And it turns out no, he's just a savage. So, I mean, Chovy and Arthur, good. I'm just curious because Vince, you would know a little bit more about this, just like having been at the higher levels of the scene and like coaching and things. But like players, I feel like players generally have an identity in terms of like the way they want to play. And, like, definitely the way we thought of Chovy was, like, he just wants to be, like, he's one of those guys that's, like, I'm going to win lane. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, he's, like, I'm just going to literally beat the living crap out of you. Like, isn't that such a weird, like, identity? Like, you don't really see that. Like, what, like, do you think that was something that, like, he's always had and just never been able to express? Or, like, I guess, I don't know. It's not, like, it's a little bit open-ended, but just kind of so curious your thoughts. my... This is maybe going to sound a little... I don't know. I guess it doesn't. I think you see this in traditional sports a little bit where you have a good player on a team that maybe isn't supposed to be good and they overplay a little bit. I mean, you see this in league, too. Like, Chelsea's doing this right now. Like, Chelsea's really, really good. You just see him overplay sometimes because he has zero faith in his teammates. I kind of think this started off that way. Like, that's how it looks to me a little bit. That, like, you have, there are very, very few individuals that can do this. Like, I I mean, the thing is, like, he's still just completely shitting on lane. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't, like, I'm I'm pulling up his stuff right now. Like, has the best gold differential at 15, best CS differential by a mile at 15. Best XP differential by a mile at 15. He's got the third best, second best damage per goal per minute, like carry efficiency. He's doing everything. He has the best DPM. <laughs> like, I don't, he's the best DPM, and he's doing it with, like, I mean, he has the most gold, but even, like, on a pure efficiency level, like damage per gold, he's still killing it. So he's Chovy's quite literally doing everything. He also, I mean, I, I literally, I, I do like vision score and stuff like this too. He's second in vision score too. Like, 
he might be the best player on earth. And like this is you put the best player on earth and you tell him put put the carry pants on and that's what he's doing. <laughs> I think the team around him isn't as good. Do you guys agree with that? I think DRI so is a better think, roster. So do you think that like it's it's that you're, so you your kind of thought process is like he's always had this ability he just didn't have to or like didn't cuz like to me it's like maybe a little bit of I both. I feel like players yeah, I feel like players just like do what they want like not I don't want to say like do what they want like they don't listen to coaches but like they play the way they want to play for the most yeah. part you know so like it's just so weird to me that we're seeing him embrace this sort of new newish to us at least play style yeah this this split which is just like totally what we would have expected out of character right I, I do think it's it's probably I, I don't want to say it was like CV Max holding him back or anything like that but like I think when you put a I mean he is this team hundred percent. I think Arthur's been really, really good. But like, if Chovy's not on this team, they are a bad team, straight up. Like, I don't think they're. I, mean, I maybe they're not Brion bad, but I think they're like bottom three if Chovy's not on this team. So I, I think he's just a god. I don't really know what else to say. Like, I think he's really, really damn good. And it's 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 tough to tell if that if it was like a coaching or system or structure issue. But it could just be a situation where, like, I'm trying to think, like, taking, like, the elite of the elite and you put them in any system under any coach and it doesn't matter. They're just good. I think that's kind of what we're seeing now. And we yeah, that was our question going into the season. And I guess he's just proving everybody that he can do whatever. It doesn't matter. Which is, it's awesome to see. Like, he's having one of the most dominant seasons I've ever seen. Like, yeah, you should be watching Chovy games. <laughs> I was going to say, that's actually the another I, – I know we're on a tangent. I know no, – I, I hate to do this, but, like, I since you guys are kind of, like, OGs in the scene, like, I never saw, like, you know, when Faker was coming up. Like, is this, like – like, what is this – how does this kind of compare in terms of, like, the level of dominance we're seeing, like, Faker and Uzi, like, in their, their coming up? Like, when – you know what I mean? I think it's – the gap isn't – as big just because everyone's better now than back then. Like I, we've said it a million times, like go watch Chovy's or Faker's first game. Chovy, I actually think it's more impressive to be this dominant now, even though it might not be as visually like popping off as like Faker was, who was like, I mean, you're never going to see someone go like 25 and 0 on a champion ever again. It's just, everyone's too good now, but like that kind of thing. Uh, right, I, he, this is dominant. He's pure, pure dominance. So, yeah, I think right now he's probably the best player in the world. Any position. Yeah, I'd have a tough time arguing with that. Yeah, it's like, it's just so complete. He's not lacking in anything. Some of the other like real contenders have stepped back a little bit this season too. Like, not that they've been bad, but like, I don't think Knight has been as dominant this season. I don't think Rookie's been as dominant yeah. this season. Like, who are the people in this conversation? Viper, it's, it's, maybe. Way has been um, way really has been ridiculous. Uh, I mean, Showmaker's there's, still really, really good. <laughs> yeah, but, Showmaker's been fantastic. Even there's, I think, like not best player in the world, maybe, but Piosic has been insane this season. Yeah, considering what he's done with that team. Him. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Josh. Like, because Viper, it's a, it's a tough question because I don't really know if it's we don't know. Would have been like fly. <laughs> Nice. Would have been like to be a fly on the wall to see like what was going because like I, I do think that I, I really don't think it was like a hold back situation. I just think it's different styles, and he's just good enough to do everything. So 
yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Hey, Chovy. It's just, yeah. really good, turns out. <laughs> I just, I'm just like flabbergasted because yeah. it's like, like this would be like if Power of Evil, Power of Evil just started playing Renekton mid lane and killing people. Like, yeah. no. Or, or if like, <laughs> like or yeah, or if like, that. if like Michael Vick was like the best passing quarterback in a season. You're like, yeah, he's out of yeah. nowhere. You're like, what the hell? Right. Like, he could do this the whole time? Like, what? Yeah. It's just like so like hard for me to wrap my mind around because usually nuts. players are just so consistent in the way that they like every I can't think Tom of Tom Brady didn't become a running quarterback like out of nowhere. Like, yeah. What? That's what I mean. Like I can't like I can't think of any other examples of this where a player has done this. So it's just it's Roll just mind boggling to me. Roll swaps are like the only like that's the closest thing to me. Yeah. Like I mean obviously that's not exactly the case here, but like from a stylistic standpoint, just making yeah, I don't know. It's I've never seen anything like it. Not to not to this level anyway. It's crazy. Um Nongshim this is my Life. This is like must win for not I mean this is must win for both, really. I think it's another no bet for me. I'm not that excited about the bets this weekend so far. Yeah. Gen G minus a thousand sandbox plus six forty nine. I go ahead. Let's, let's talk sandbox. Let's talk about sandbox never winning. So no disappointing. You no want to talk disappointed father figure? God damn it. Also, how is Summit? I guarantee we're gonna like hear some shit about Summit like between seasons, where like oh. Summit's been suspended for the first two games because he threw a chair through a window because he's pissed off at his teammates. Like, do you, look at this guy's face cam after every single game. Like, I just go back, like, right before the game ends, or, like, right after a game ends, I want you to, like, just zoom in on, on Summit after every sandbox game. Uh, how do they lose? How have they lost this much? Every single time, like against the other lower tier teams, it's just another example. You can never pick the winner when it's the bad teams these it's two this year. Mind boggling. They they've lost like all like Fred and Brion, like any other bad team, they just lose to them somehow, like, even though their stats like dwarf them. It's unbelievable. Like it's it, I mean I mean DRX are kinda like the inverse of this, right? Where it's like But at least you like with DRX you can point to like stylistically that that style just works this time of year, and you just got to kind of ignore the numbers at some point, to some extent. Not entirely, but to some extent you do. Like, I usually, with teams like this, like what Sandbox are doing, I tend to be the one that has faith that you eventually just learn to get better at closing, which is why, like, over the course of the season, you typically see tempo stuff end up being better in summer. Or, like, as the, as the year goes on, it gets more refined, more polished, they're better at closing games out, and you don't see these – you don't see nearly as many of these, like, fumbled leads. That's across the globe, not just in the LCK. But they cannot do it. This is like the most LA Chargers team I've ever seen, dude. Like they as just the, find creative ways to lose games, and I have no idea how they do it. As the legend Pat in the Discord would say, "Winners win, winners Claudia, win, you're winners right. lose." You're right. And sandbox are losers. That's all we can take away from this. They're <laughs> losers, and so they lose. Uh, I'm gonna probably be taking sandbox here because I think you're gonna see cars and flawless. Ooh, you might be right about that. And 649 is a big number. Yeah. Prince still getting used to the team. Karras and Flawless maybe coming in. He had, Prince has like been pretty good. Team. Prince has been pretty good. Individually, this team's been pretty good. I don't know if they can't put it together. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I actually do think we're going to see Karras here. This is, this is like the last good chance for the Gen G starters to get a rest. They could maybe see – we might see Bertle in the top lane too. I don't know if yeah, he wants – Yeah, plus 650 feels good. Yeah, it's close your eyes special on that one. 
Damn one, minus 625, Afrika plus 453. This is a gigantic number for Afrika, who are looking better. Last couple matches. They're not sandboxing. Yeah, Afrika feels like the team that's getting the sixth spot to me in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they've picked it up a little bit. I think they're going to pass KT and end up and end up in the playoffs. But, man, plus 453 is just such a large number. It feels like maybe you maybe you want to take a shot on them here yeah, against Damwon. Like I'm not sure that competent. I will, but... <sighs> Damwon are so goddamn good, but that number's too big. Freaker are a good enough team to take at least a game. And and Damwon, I will say Damwon have been playing more like a T1 team, like an SKT team, like a Coma Coach team, and those teams, they're not as dominant in terms of, like, you know, 2 owing every series because they're closing. They just play differently. Uh, I don't know, man. Because Damwon are also kind of like rounding in a form a little bit. They did drop a game to T1. The T1 rookies, too. Or the, the uh, T1 junior, I've been calling it, right? So, yeah, it might be too big a number. I don't know. Josh, Chris, thoughts on this one? Not much with it. You guys already touched on. I hate Afrika. They're they're the LCK Invictus for me, except for like not good at the game. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree with Kevin in the chat. Get Doran and Summit out of hell because those two are putting in like absolute hero performances like every single game, and it's just not working. Oh man, yeah, both of them. Doran Doran's been, I think, I mean, maybe not best in the world, but I think at his position, you could make a case for Doran. Doran's been batshit crazy this season in the top lane. He, like, lost that first game, like, that first series, and it's just been, like, lights out since then. So, anyway, Telecom War, Saturday morning, primetime Saturday, or esports primetime at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. Eastern. T1 minus 270, KT Rolster plus 216. This is going to be, I mean, conceivably a must-win for both teams because they're both in that middle of the pack. I mean, we're going to get to see some KT tomorrow. KT and DRX play on Thursday morning. Uh, KT are small, small dogs to DRX tomorrow. This feels like T1. I'm not sure that I want to go money line. I think I might rather go minus 1.5. I think T1's just, no matter what roster they play, I, is significantly yeah, better than I KT. Too. I do too. Uh, it, like, in that in this kind of spot, like, I think you, like, take T1 money line. So, like, what I've been doing is, like, I, T1, T1, no matter who they play, are just good. They might not be, like, elite, elite, but I do think they're the clear number three. Like, even over Hanwha. Like, because... Uh, maybe you could put the two... I could see putting the two of them together. Like, in in that next tier down from the elite teams, but... They are good. Like, they're they're probably not going to lose very often to teams worse than them. They just have way too much talent. doesn't matter who's playing. So, unless you think it's, like, a competent team that can, you know, capitalize on their on any hiccups that they have, then I, I'm... I'm very confident in T1 money line. Like they might drop games. I've been doing I've been doing T1 money line regardless, and then I'll do the minus 1.5 if Faker's playing. And I'm still doing the overkill totals with closer in, and that's been pretty good for the most part. Come back down to earth a little bit, but it's still it's still profitable. So yeah, that's how I've been attacking every T1. Like every single T1 slate, it's the exact same thing. Like if closer's playing, take the overkill totals. If Faker's playing, take the minus 1.5. And probably the unders too, depending on the number. So, yeah, I, I mean, is this like a rally spot for KT? 
What if what if KT comes out and just blasts DRX tomorrow? Do we give any credence to them blasting DRX? Yeah, no, I don't think I think KT's on a downward trend for the rest of the split. I think we're going to generally see them fall down as the split continues. Yeah, they struggled a lot against Brion in that series. Like they had a real hard time in that series. It took like 2 hours to finish that that matchup even though they two owed. So, yeah, it's probably two on money line for me. DRX minus three fifty seven. What are we getting? What? Are, whatever. Fred and Brion plus two seventy seven. Brion are going to be eliminated. I probably think Brion like with a little little bit of nothing to lose going on. I think I passed this. I think I passed the game up, but um, this is unfortunate because I, I want to be betting against DRX right now, and I just don't think we have great spots for it this weekend yeah i want to be betting against them but i don't think the schedule, the the schedule was so easy they won all the games that mattered it's so frustrating the you know what here's look take solace in the fact that we're gonna get a good number against this team in playoffs and we're all gonna make a lot of money on it so just wait just be patient don't don't feel like you gotta fire every match against it how my life plus 159 gen g minus 192 this is a bit of a banger on sunday morning gen g for me, Genji money line. I said I tease it like it's a bit of a banger. I think Genji just gonna smash this match. I might take Genji one point five two. I like any uh. Kate, what's the case for Hanwa? Chovy. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always it's always the Chovy case, right? Like, yeah, man. I feel like this is another one I'm gonna end up passing on, but. It's. I think if I was going to bet it, I'd rather bet the Gen G side than the HLE side at these numbers. Yeah. All right. Two things. One. Uh, the non-serious take is, what are the three letters before Chovy's name? Okay, bet on that team. <laughs> Two. The the more serious one, because HLE is <laughs> actually hilarious. I think Chovy's actually the biggest enigma in all of esports now. That I think about it, because it was the same thing on DRX last year, but if it's just live bet. This live bet the series. HLE will either either have a draft that makes sense or a draft that makes absolutely yeah. no sense. And if it is the latter, bet on Gen G live. And if it is the former, bet on HLE live because these teams are reasonably close. I think they're yeah. two and three with a with a decent gap between them. But the draft advantages that we've seen HLE come up with in some of their games is massive, and the draft disadvantages we've seen HLE come up with in some of these games is massive. Yeah. So I think it's actually pretty draft-dependent. Uh, be, be willing to live bet this one is what I'll probably try to do if I'm yeah, awake. That's a good point. I feel bad about – I was thinking about this recently. Is I feel bad about the fact that, like, we do these – like, the podcasts and write-ups and stuff about the good bets, and there are some, some very good bets to take. But I've live bet more than I've pre-bet this season. Uh, I really tried to lean towards live betting. I think there's a lot of draft things that you can try to take advantage of, and it doesn't always work out. But, like, I mean, I'm on permanent bet against Samira mode right now. Whenever yeah. I see Samira, I just instantly lock in bets on the other team. Like, there's been a lot of stuff like that this season that I've locked in on that I feel bad that, like, I'm not there to, to talk to people about. You know, we were talking about, you know, trying to get in the chat before some of these games. Yeah, live betting is hard, We've man. done it what we can. But live betting is, especially with, like, I mean, Bovada just locks you out all the time, too. And yeah. you never know exactly when it's going to happen. So you're, like, waiting to see the pick. And then you see it locked in and you, like, try to go for the bet. You're on Google trying to see what the comps are before the before the live stream yeah. gets there. 
But yeah, I, live betting, make sure you're doing it uh, and, and trying to develop some strategies for it, I think, because there's been that's been more prevalent for me this season. Let me see where I make this series, just out of curiosity. Got... The, the biggest one right now, just while Vince is looking it up, I think um, that you can look for is something I've seen recently is some of the Karthus gameplay. If you see Karthus in the jungle, I think you just insta-snap lock bet on that team. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm looking at. And then specifically with Chobi, like – if he, it's it's so weird because like sometimes it's like if he's on a weird champion it's bet him but if he's on a weird champion don't bet it so it's like it's kind of hard to tell but um if if, you, if it's like a situation where the composition is designed for just Chobi carry us and we'll all tag along then I think that's the type of composition yeah. where I'm gonna as opposed to like he's just picking it. a weird champion because it's a weird you know. Or like yeah. as a matchup or something like that, but like right, like you know, like the Renekton mid could be good if it's if they're specifically doing it as a counter and the right composition yeah. for it. But you know, I'd be more likely to want to bet on Chovy if he's on like a Victor mid, where I know that once it gets to twenty seven minutes in the game and he's at three hundred CS because he's a monster, like he's just gonna one shot everyone. He's but, the best you know solution I mean? I've ever seen. Lucian, yeah, and he's not even an AD carry, and he's the best solution uh, I've ever seen in my life. It's ridiculous. Is it the Lucian? If you ever see Chobi get last pick, honestly, I I pretty much always will snap at that. But like yeah. the Lucian and Oriana, I think is is the bet that or is the one that he's like five and zero on. I or need to like, like go that. through and count how many lane phases he's actually lost or been neutral in this season because I don't think it's like any, <laughs> like maybe one or two. It's been absolutely nuts. I ended up. I mean, model spits out minus two ten plus one seventy two, which is like pretty close to this. Maybe a small edge on Gen G, but. We'll see where this goes. This is tricky though because, like, again, like you could see Gen G maybe trying to coast a little bit or maybe trying to not not show the good strategies. Whereas Hanwire are going to be you know playing for each match here, maybe a little bit of that going on. I, my issue with this with this series is that like as good as Arthur's been, Gen G have an edge everywhere else, and BDD is good enough to not get the shit kicked out of him by Chovy. He's like also BDD by the way has been having a a bad season, like maybe his worst season of his career. And he's still an animal. So he's one of the few mids in the world that I think can kind of stand up to Chovy and not just get smoked. So maybe cuts down that gap a little bit. And the rest of the Gen the rest of Gen G is just really, really good. So uh, that's it for the LCK. Yeah, keep it's gonna be real interesting seeing uh like motivation wise, like Sandbox and Brion. Like if they're showing up to play still, they're gonna be they're gonna be better on underdogs, I think. But if you see them kind of checked out at this point, they're gonna be maybe auto fade the rest of the season. So keep an eye on motivation. I I hate I hate that narrative. I hate motivation betting because I think it's way overrated and these guys are all professionals and they're playing. But if you see a little bit of checking out maybe, it might be worth looking into that. <clears throat> LEC. LEC playoff picture. Uh, G2 and Rogue locked their spots last week. Uh, playoff spots. They haven't locked the seating yet. Uh, SK. All right, so I wrote, realistically eliminated our Vitality and Astralis. They would, like, need to win out and then get some help also. It would have to be, like, Shulka level miracle run. SK and Mad likely need, they need, like, one more to get to the nine. I think nine most of the time makes, I think, ten like locks you most of the time. So I, I don't actually know all the math behind it off the top of my head anyway. So SK and Mad need one win in their next five, which I think is probably reasonable looking at the schedule. Fnatic actually need two wins. Isn't this crazy? 
It's a little. It's funny. It's actually you know I've been watching all the games, literally every game for the LEC, and I didn't even realize the standings look like this. Yeah. If you would have asked me what the standings look like, I would have been like, Fanatics probably in third. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) like they're they're right there with Rogue somewhere, like right right around in that range. But nope, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of wild. They're they're they have to much just a a three way fight for the last spot, right? I mean, that's pretty much what we're looking at. Um, like Fnatic's probably getting there. I, don't, I think it's unlikely that Fnatic. It's, yeah, it, it's we say three way fight for the last spot, but it's like the last overall playoff spot. Like the seating is going to be different, obviously. But yeah, but I think XL, Shalka, and Misfits for the sixth slot is basically the only real. Well, I mean, that's the battle. Is yeah. so Shalka think... and Misfits. <sighs> <laughs> Man, like honestly, okay, let's talk about that. No, we, that, we that I think, I think the top five teams are making the playoffs. I don't think there's really any argument for that. I, I think agree. like if there was a team there that in theory could miss, it'd be SK. But they they're ahead enough. I think there's no way they're missing for me. So you're really just looking at XL versus Schalke versus Misfits to see who gets the last spot. If you look at those three teams, XL is the most talented team individually of those three teams. But I have I feel like there's a zero percent chance that they're making it. That's like how I feel. I don't like, even know. No man. chance that Excel's just, making the last spot. Excel's just been pure dog shit. Let's just say it. Oh yeah, they've been, like they've been, they've been pure shit. dog shit. They're terrible. And it's their their late game and mid game is actually not so bad. They're just so atrocious at the beginning of the game and like I don't know, I, part of the mid game as well. But I think they've been so atrocious in the early to mid mid game that they just have no chance of beating anyone. Even if they're like, I think some of their team fighting has actually been all right, but they just lose so hard. That it's they're incapable of winning any yeah. fights, no matter the, how well. The problem you with them is they're not good enough at that for that to be their only. Yeah, plan. To, to overcome, yeah, to overcome how awful yeah. they are. Like this isn't game. this isn't like 2016 Snake, where like they're just all in on team fighting every single game and they're good enough at it to pull wins out of their ass. Like yeah, and you're looking at like two of the three teams that are battling for this spot are a combined zero and eleven in their last eleven games. XL yep. and Shalka are zero and eleven in their last eleven. Misfits is on a two-game winning streak. So, I mean, if, if anything, I guess it feels like Misfits is probably, like, on the right trajectory. I, I kind of, like, to me, the Misfits thing, I think it's it's just feel and recency. Because I, I, I don't, I think Excel I like are the Misfits worst of these three. Either, I, think, I think Shalk is getting in. I know they've lost six in a row or whatever, but I, I think Shalk is getting in. I think they're kind of just in a bad way right now. I, I don't know, though. Sometimes that just gets in your head. And it eats at you, and you have, like, the reverse of what happened. Whereas, like, it's like – I mean, we're seeing the opposite of this. We saw the opposite of this in summer with this team. When you're just feeling it, nothing can beat you. And sometimes you catch a couple lucky breaks, and you just feel invincible. I mean, seeing with this like- Dignitas, too. Dignitas, I mean, admittedly, they're playing pretty well. But, like, confidence matters. I think – I think it's going to be Misfits because I think if you if you switched Vitheo and Abadage, I think everyone would agree that Misfits was way better. I think the only thing that's that's holding Misfits back from being way better is that Abadage is is significantly better than Vitheo. But other been, than that, I think kind of hit or miss this season though. I swear to God, Excel's the most talented team. If they just fucking did anything right, I swear to God, their players are the most talented players in the three. I don't. They just I don't. Can't do it. Well. The thing is, I don't know that Excel. I actually think Shalko's fairly talented. Like, I think Broken Blade and Abadog are I think both like, really, really. They have really good solo lanes. I think Cries is really, really good. But I'm not. I'm. I mean, I don't think. I, I think Checklad's pretty bad personally. Yeah. Um. But the thing I think Misfits has the advantage on here is the jungle. I think. I think Razor's the best jungler of this group by far. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that that's kind of my feeling, and I think that can kind of carry him over the finish line here. Dan has been the worst jungler of those three by far. I think Dan's been pretty lackluster. I think Chekalad's been pretty bad. Um, the, I, the, the XL bottom lane, I don't know what's going on with them. I that like yeah. that bottom lane is talented, but they're playing badly this season. I don't know if it's overplaying or no faith, like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but they've not played well this season. It's Tory. I don't think he's particularly. He's at his like okay, and at his worst, he gets caught out so bad. I he's and he's a giant of a man. I like when when was he on Rockets? <laughs> He's not good. He's not good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm out on XL. And I tend to I tend to get out of the way with those kind of teams as the season goes on, unless they're very, very good at that, like FlyQuest was last year. Unless you're a team that's very, very good at that, the longer the season goes, the more your stock's crashing for me. I don't I don't want anything to do with it because you cannot go the whole season doing just that. You you don't even need to be particularly good at another strategy. You just need to have the threat that you can ever do anything else. And if you don't have that, every single team you play has draft leverage against you for the rest of the season. If you never show anything like that, I mean, I guess they jumped out to a lead last week, right? Was it uh, who they play last week? And they still fucking lost that game. Ugh. Misfits. Was it misfits? Yeah. I... Anyway. Let's get this. Yeah, I think it's I think it's misfits. That's what I I think that that those are those three. Vitality plus one sixty nine. SK Gaming minus two twenty seven. Is that this, is this the 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 rebound crown shot revenge game? Now that he's been playing for the team for a little while, I'm almost as bearish on SK as I am on DRX as far as like dude their record versus their stats and how I good I actually think they are. But like DRX and FlyQuest, like they're actually kind of, maybe not like DRX, but like. They kind of just feel like they're the gatekeeper, like I think Josh was saying last week. Like they're just fundamentally good enough that they're you have to be this tall to ride. Here's now, the problem. I oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, now I actually don't always like backing teams like that as favorites, especially if the other two. Vitality or Sandbox, dude. They're the same team. They're the same exact team. Like you look at the numbers, you look at the individual play. Like they're good, but they're not good. So what the hell is going on? It's just decision making. Like they find a way to lose the game in the mid game every single game. It feels like, and that's with or without crown. They were doing this before crown shot too. So like in a way, I don't think anything's really changed except like they have a better eighty carry. Like I, I don't think I, I know he was brought in as like an in game leader, and maybe maybe he is, you know, doing a lot behind the scenes. Maybe they'd be way worse without him there. We don't know, but. At some point, they got to get a couple, right? Like, they're out of it. They've got nothing to lose now. You think they play a little looser now, a little less tight, a little less nervous to make mistakes? I, here's the problem with me, for for me, is like, so this is two-pronged. The first prong is like, we saw a crown shot absolutely destroy Jezu last game. He was up 30 CS, had a freeze, like, pre-10 minutes, and was dancing on the wave because he knew the guy couldn't play the game, yeah. and they still they still lost the game. The second one is that I think SK's identity, and this is kind of the way that they were last year to an extent as well, they're just the team that – this is what they are to me. They're just the team that punishes mistakes. They just let you beat yourself. 
Yeah, and the problem with Vitality right now is that they, they have, mistakes. like you said, they have good players, but they make a fatal mistake in almost every single one of these mid-games, usually because they have players that love to go bottom lane when Baron is alive for yep. some reason, and I don't really understand why, but that seems to be their preferred method of losing games, and that's just, I mean... Look, like if you're going to do that, you're going to get punished. And it's on film. We all see it as spectators. Yeah. Like these people see it in their film review for sure. So like they're just going to be like, look, when it gets to 25 minutes, Baron's been up. You know, we're going to have our our bot river warded. And when we see three people down there for no reason, just go burn the thing. Yeah. And it just went like, look, like the, it's it's tough. I think this number is is good enough to bet Vitality. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to bet Vitality. I'm obviously a homer. Yeah. But – like they're it's concerning right because this team just they they just they're making the same mistakes like you said yep making the same mistakes over and over and sk is a team that punishes mistakes very well that's what they've done all season sk look a lot like flyquest last season to me maybe not real i mean i think flyquest is better relative to their league overall but they look a lot like that where they're just going to be like also i i just want to not even pour one out i want to i want to cheer i want to cheers to treats who is Maybe an MV, he's an MVP candidate. I'll say it straight up. That this how guy. Much, how many times? How many times this season are SK dead in the water? There's been like four or five situations where they've been completely dead in the water, and he just finds a miracle engage. Now sometimes you got to. I mean, obviously the other teams screw up, but my man literally. I feel like he capitalizes on like every single big mistake like that. It's insane. It feels like it feels like every other game he's just making some ridiculous play. Like he's been so good this season. I'm happy for the kid. Yeah, he's been a monster. I, I talked about it on Twitter last week. He's uh, he's been incredible. I, I maybe we can talk about this another time. We've we've gone off another tangent, yeah. but to me, it's a very big, very very big. Um, spit in the face of the organization of TSM. Yeah, like, I think bit. it makes them look horrible, personally. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, a little extra motivation. A little chip on his shoulder. Maybe that's contributing to this. But, yeah, I, I, I for what it's worth, because uh, I see Kev's typing, typing all in the chat about this, but, like, I'm not going to sit here and fault TSM. I am. But it is a bad look. <laughs> like, it's certainly a bad, it's bad optics, you know? I mean, for what? Like for for bringing a sword? I, if or, treats, if treats, said, like we don't know what. Ha- obviously, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. But if if there was a situation like treat, they brought in sword art and they said to treats, "You're going to play an academy," and treats was just like, "No, I want to start somewhere." Oh, I'm I'm faulting them for playing Biofrost over treats. Oh, the, oh yeah, back then, yeah, that that's what I'm yeah, faulting them for. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's that's the biggest. He yeah, got he got dumped on issue. way too much in summer, like because he was mostly good. He, you know what he was, dude. He was like, uh, oh my god, who the hell was it? He was like Dardock a little bit. No, like for real. Like, I'm not an apologist. Stop it. You went and got you went and got. I, maybe he's not like a top support in the world, but you went and got a guy that I think and nobody would argue is better. Anyway, well, I think one thing that looks bad for them is that treat sucked when he was on TSM. And that, that has something. I don't think he was. That, I, see, I don't think he was that bad. I think he had like a lot okay. of low light. Sucked, kind is, of sucked is a strong word, but I don't think like he was he not anywhere near as good as we're seeing him now. Oh, yeah, that I absolutely agree with. Yeah, and so that has to have something to do with coaching to some degree or another, or the team atmosphere or yeah. something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just like 
went ridiculous in the gym in the offseason or something, so to, so to speak, you know, like maybe he just that I'm telling you, man, like that chip on a shoulder can do a lot like rage and hatred can be like, that could be a motivator for some people. So yeah. Interesting. Uh, it, SK, this is probably a pass. Like it's vitality or pass. I think for me, I don't know. There's no, there's no sense you can make it. This is like a qualitative handicap and a quantitative one. You know, like that's how you have to look at a match like this. Shaka plus one thirty five, Mad Lions minus one eighty two, must win for Shaka. Uh, I think Mad Lions is way better, but I also think Mad Lions is the Invictus Gaming yep. of the of the Hard LEC. So, so you can pretty much take Hard whoever you want in this matchup and just gamble on it. You know, have some bot, fun. dude. Bot diff. I never thought I would say that, but the Mad Lions bottom lane still getting away with it, but making some extremely suspect decisions. Give me Shalka here, dude. Back's against the wall. Nah, uh, probably not betting it. If I'm going to bet it, it'll be probably probably be mad. But I'm I'm probably not going to. I'm going to back Shalka and probably wait till closer to game time for it, because I think people are going to hammer Mad Lions, and you're going to be able to get like a plus one fifty or something like that on Shalka. So I'm just going to keep going through these. Chime in if you got anything. Uh, Misfits minus two seventeen. Astralis plus one fifty eight. Feel a little. I know Astralis are bad, but they've looked like a little bit better. And Misfits are, like, a high-volatility team, too. Misfits just beat themselves in draft, like, every third game. This I'm, is not, a, I'm not laying me, as a favorite ever. I think if Misfits drafts a decent comp, you're all bet Misfits. Yeah, I think I still think Astralis fair. is bad. I think the, the change to Magic Felix didn't change much for me. I, I agree. Don't think that's I agree. Good. I think that's being a little bit overrated. I'm with you. Like, it didn't really change. The outer lanes started playing better. They're still not very good, but... I will, Like, they're better than they were. Do you agree with that part, overall? Yeah, they've gotten a little better over the course but, of the season. I just I, I don't a, trust Misfits with this kind of number. Yeah, this number is a little bit a little bit heavy handed for me, but the Astralis flow chart of is Magic Felix on Corky? Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Should I bet on them? Yes, no. <laughs> and Corky's meta. You're starting to see it in the LPL and LCK as well, so uh Looking for Zandra. Honestly, if he gets Garner, I might go yeah. with yeah, you can bet for a Zanzara interview because they've yeah. been definitely the best interviews in the league. He's the, he just he makes me want to. Be, I want this team to be okay. I want them to win like sometimes because he's the best. He's so funny. I like that he kept calling Jekyllhead Chaco Led. That's yeah, the best. He's such a dank memer. It's great. Uh, you love to see it. Fnatic minus three seventy. Excel plus two fifty two. Excel are garbage in the in the early game. Fnatic are ridiculous in the mid game or in the early mid game. Yeah, no bet. 370 is a ridiculous number for a ridiculously volatile Fnatic team, but this is must win, and Excel are hot garbage. Give me Fnatic here. I think Excel won the last time they played, right? Was this the game like Fnatic just went too far off the deep end and Excel had like Senna or something? I, they won the last one, I'm pretty sure. 370 is just too big for me for a best of one, so. I'll take the kill spread. I didn't wear the kill spread down. Let me pull that up real fast. Kill spread for that is this should be fanatic. Like minus oh, nine and a half. Ugh. It's too big. Probably nothing there. G two versus Rogue. Battle one and two. Uh G two are minus one seventy two, Rogue plus one twenty nine. So slightly more than last time. G two won pretty hard last time around. I'm probably gonna be the same thing. I'm going back to the Rogue well on this one. I think G2 are better. I just think this is closer than the number. I agree, Gelati. 
Let's go back to the well and slam G2, Fair who's enough. clearly going to put Rogue in a body bag once again, the same obviously, way they did last time. Obviously. That was a good setup. <laughs> that was a good setup. Bro, golf clap on the setup for sure. Yeah, I don't – I guess we should we should flush out, like, why this is a meme for people that are, like, just tuning in or that haven't been listening. Like, I just think they're closer to even. I think most people think G2 is, like, miles better. I do think G2 is a better team. I'm not going to debate that. I just think it's closer than people think. That's the only reason I say that. So Hansama uh, has been very good this season, but he's also picked Kalista, so I'm never betting on uh, Rogue for any reason. <laughs> uh, you are going to see some more close to this patch. Just a, a yeah, and I, known. I was scared of that because there's Alistairs and stuff running around, yep. and when those are running around, you see the Kalista. And Nico supports and Jarvan supports and... <laughs> Yeah, I don't like it. We're going to be live betting against this uh, this garbage Callista as much as we can. And the Jace, if we see that guy anymore, I see you later, buddy. Yo, how tilted is John going to be when G2 picks Callista and Jace in this game? And they totally will, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, like, one of the best matches, like, in any region on the slate this weekend. It should be a good one. This, I'm looking this next one's it. super dirty, this next match. Uh, Vitality, minus 106. Excel, minus 125. Give me Vitality. Fuck Excel. This team sucks. Jelati sounded too confident there. I'm going to bet Excel. Yeah, you're probably that's, right. That you're like probably right. No, so, no, here's, so here's the here's – the, it's the same logic as the other match, right? Where it's like, okay, like, SK just kind of wait for you to screw up. Excel – they're not just waiting for you to screw up. They don't have another choice because they haven't shown us any other choice. I think this is – I mean, look, it's minus money. You wish you were getting plus money on it. I think this is about as good a spot as you're going to get on Vitality the rest of the year. Finally, I can say it teed up 100% confidently. It has been true in every single game Yeah, as it was last year, but this is actually going to be block gap, I think. Yeah. Torrey is like – like the hell happened to Patrick so Torrey, dude? Well, Patrick, I, th- yeah, Patrick's I doing okay. Patrick's You're right. Five. You're right. But, but yeah, I, I'm I'm teeing it up. I'm fully in on on this being bot cap, and and hopefully it comes through. Top three to one of the worst, a Torre story. Man, oh man. <laughs> yeah, just brutal. Yeah, it feels kind of weird to have a strong stance on this, but I just I feel like this is like maybe a get right for Vitality. I don't know. I really just think Excel are trash. I think the other thing. This is also one of the only mid laners in the league that I am not confident can absolutely run through Melita. Yeah, I think this is ninth games. versus tenth. So I, that's like Vitality's best chance of winning is when he's not going to lose his tower before 15 minutes, like he did in both the games this past weekend, which apparently means he's a good mid laner according to Kevin I do in the think, Discord. But I, I do uh, think I'm Skeens, I do think Skeens is a bit of a coin flipper as well, and I think this meta could maybe be. I mean, I don't know. We'll see how much it actually changes, but like. Uh, Excel's top side hasn't done shit for me. I, I, I legitimately think Vitality might actually just be a better team, even though they aren't. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I, the record is not. I, I do think Vitality might actually be a better team than Excel. I really think. I really hope that Excel makes the playoffs because they were the ones. They were the ones. <laughs> they were the ones that got knocked out of the playoffs by the Shalka Miracle Run last year. Yeah, and I watched their documentary too. They still have the playoffs. So, they were so sad when that was all happening and just trying so hard. And they, and then this season they jumped out to like a pretty good record at the beginning. And it was like, Oh, this team's good. Like they're going to get there or like their, their stats weren't great, but it was like, ah, they're good enough. Like they're going to get there. And now they're about to have it done to them again. I hope they make the playoffs and get a chance to write the ship. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. We were running really long. I'm going to start flying through these. Shulka minus minus two twenty two. Australis plus 163. 
Schalke really haven't done anything to justify that kind of spot, but it is going to be like must win again. That's such a dangerous spot, though. Like that's like I like backing dogs when they got nothing to lose, man. Like you might see, you might see some Carthus Lucian shit in this game. Uh, it's just dangerous. It's treacherous waters, I'll say. Gilius can't play Carthus. Oh, 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 oh. Never no, I'm saying from Astralis. Like, Astralis yeah, yeah. just say, like, oh, like, we're just going to start throwing curveballs. we got nothing to lose now. You know? Fnatic minus 244. SK Gaming plus 176. Fnatic beat themselves enough to, to warrant a play on the dog here? Um, I think I think I'm gonna pass. I think for, even though Fnatic's a little coin flippy, I just think there's so much more talent. Yeah, than I, SK. Fnatic are like better evil geniuses, right? Like they're just gonna beat themselves sometimes, so you never like backing them as a big favorite, really. But like, they're probably gonna win this game. I'm just gonna pass. They're fr- they're, evil geniuses are super fun. Like, just take play Fnatic the same way you play. Maybe maybe slightly sli- slide the 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 like. If you have like the spectrum or whatever, like slide it a little more toward the center, but like you want to be backing Fnatic as dogs and short favorites. You don't want to be backing them as a big favorite. Like they might, they might completely obliterate this game, but like they're just gonna beat themselves sometimes. So, Mad Lions plus one fifty one, Rogue minus two hundred four. Think Rogue all day here. Uh, Mad Lions are kind of like high, like volatile as well. Like they could, they could punch up. I could I actually see a rogue bet here, even as a guy that doesn't like rogue. Yeah, I, I just think they're too consistent, and Mad Lions have been too inconsistent. That's, yeah. All right, so uh, let me let me let me put this out to you real quick, John, because I know you're you're like the resident rogue hater, not even a hater. You're just like a little more bearish than I think I am on them, and I like to I like to check against you every week to kind of see like where we're at on this like big picture. Like, are, do you think rogue are the second best team in the league? Do I think they're the second best team in the league, or do I think they're going to come second or better? Do you think they're think, actually the second best? Team I think in the right league? now they might be the second best team in the league the way they're playing right now. I think when it matters in the playoffs, they're they're going to get destroyed by Fnatic. I think like teams like okay. that are, are just gonna, I think the, those teams are more talented than them, and Rogue has a better style and they play more solidly. But when it comes to like a, a best of five series where teams can try different compositions and they can mess around with the other day. I think okay. teams like Fnatic are just going to crush them in those situations. But I do think they're playing better than like Fnatic and stuff yeah. right now. Yeah, I was just I was just getting, you know, a barometer, you know. I didn't I didn't know exactly how far along the anti not even anti rogue. Like I didn't know how low you are on them. I just wanted to get a So you do like right now you think they are legitimately pretty good. Yeah, I think if Fnatic played rogue on Saturday or whatever, I think I would probably take rogue. Okay. I like the, if, the, if the odds were decent. Got it. Uh, Misfits plus two seventy seven. G two minus four seventeen. Must win. The juice on this game. The juice on this game is wild. Yep. Like, I kind of want to bet Misfits, but the number is is so juiced because I feel like Misfits is not, is willing to draft some sinner stuff. G two is willing to get behind in the early game sometimes. I could see Misfits like stealing one here from G two, but I don't think two seventy seven is good enough. I want to see a better number. On that, so I'm I'm probably just gonna pass this one. I'm just doing a quick no vig on this. Pass. No green. Yeah, it's a lot of juice. It's a lot of vig, even for esports. It's a lot. Yeah, it's I seven, mean, seven percent plus. Get out of here. Yeah, it was it was a big one. <laughs> I, I would, if they were like plus three fifty, I think I might take a shot on him here because I think they they play a style that could steal one, but uh, they'd have to be a much bigger number. Kev says, "Good show. No major regions left." Might as well get out of here. See you guys next week.
No, we did Korea already. We have the LCS Ooh, left. Oh, come on, man. Lopo, give him some time. No, you're right, though. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, LCS, we're not going to talk playoff picture for the LCS because we got a little bit. They got the late It's pretty early, too. too. So I mean, it's, it's not that close. Obviously, and, and then obviously the actual playoffs don't really matter. Like the mid-season tournament or whatever they're going to do, it doesn't actually affect anything. So, TSM minus 217, Dignitas plus 160. I think you're going to start seeing the the fall of Dignitas here is 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 imminent. But uh, yeah, but like, is the narrative enough? Heavy. Right, like that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, two seventeen like... still a little heavy for TSM, even even so. So this is like I think actually a good number. I think this is pretty good. What will Dardock pull out again? Because he's going to go on his rampage of finding a new jungler, getting his revenge again. They did won the first bout, right? Things uh, yeah, I think they won the first one. But that was when TSM looked really bad, like they couldn't beat anyone. I'm actually very impressed by how this team is pulling together because I did not think that they could overcome Lost. Um, but they better. did. He's been better, mm-hmm. too. He's, He's been, been solid. But they also allow Sword Art to roam more and babysitting. I think you're going to see a lot more. Um, it depends. I think the bot lane's become going to become a little less volatile in some ways and more volatile in others, meaning like... I, I think with less Samira around, hopefully, hopefully, first of all, I maybe maybe I'm an idiot for and being delusional for assuming we get some rational coaching here, but like, hopefully, we see less Samira. We are rarely in lockstep on champions being overrated, but we are 100 percent in lockstep on this one. Like that champion sucks, dude. I've even like, been playing with that champion in solo dude, queue. So I get <laughs> I get the appeal. I do. Like, you play Samira against dog shit teams that can't manage a team fight correctly because you just instantly win the fight when they fuck up. I get it. But you don't want to be playing things under the assumption. Like, I, I do, you do this in, like, in any sport, in any game, with any champion, with any strategy, with whatever. I hate playing under the assumption that people are going to fuck up. Like, you don't want that to be your baseline. Right? People suck at winning. Sure, they do. But you don't want to be operating from a position where you're waiting for that. You don't want to be reactive. Very few teams, and even the teams that are the best at that in the history of this game, it's not even really reactive. They're just playing like more proactive defense where it's like different kind of vision. They're playing different kind of comps. They're counterpicking in a different way, not just traditional like counterpicking champions. Like They're doing very specific things. Operating under the assumption the other team is going to screw up, I think, is just so greedy and stupid. And teams get away with it. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm off of Samira on this patch. Playoffs are going to be on 11-5, so she'll be long gone by then, I hope. But uh, 100 Thieves, minus 145. Evil Geniuses, plus 110. Give me the Geniuses. I think this is a really important match. I, do I think too. this I think this match is going to be really important. Because I think 100 Thieves, and we've seen this when they were the Golden Guardians core. I think they're one of the most emotional yep. teams in the league, and they they had a bit of a tough like stretch recently. Did you see the Sunday uh, interview? Or... Yep, and that makes total sense to me from what we've seen from the rest of that core. They get down on themselves, and then they get confident. When they get confident, they crush, and when they get down on themselves, they, they struggle. And this is a matchup that they should win, in my opinion. I think they should win it. Yeah. But they if they don't win it, it could be very, very bad for their psyche. Um, going into the rest of the weekend. Pressure on themselves. 
Yep, and I and I think that they're a better team, and I think they should win it, but they could lose. I wanted to say something about Jizuke that uh, it's rare that I think that the broadcast like taught me something or showed me something. I feel like a lot like Gelati does that the broadcast like harps on a lot of things that are sometimes like real bullshit, yeah, or irrelevant. But I will say they pointed something out to me about Jizuke that I started paying attention to, which is that this season he's been mechanically very good. He's team fought very well, but his macro decisions have been really bad. Yeah, I agree. Like, he's been in the wrong spots on the map when the team fight was about to start. He's often not backed when he should have. I, I saw, like, literally last weekend, like, three team fights where he should have backed before the fight, and instead he came to the fight with, like, 1,500 gold and 10% mana. And it was, like, an important fight for something, in, like, the big that was going to happen. And if he, he had plenty of time to back, but he just went down and took a wave or something and then walked over to the fight instead. And the team fight's kind of close, and Jizuke really could have turned it if he had an extra half an item and 90% more mana. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got to really start paying attention to that, because his team fight positioning has been good, his mechanics have been good, but his uh, his positioning and, and things like that, like on the map and timing, has been really poor in the yeah. few matches that I started paying attention to. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's weird, because like, I think this number is probably pretty close to accurate, but I keep saying, like, I just want Evil Geniuses at plus money, period. Like, this is – like, I, I think right now they're the kind of team that can – they can just, like, blow a lead out of nowhere. Like, they could just well, – I mean, like, I mean, blow a game out. Like, they could just explode in the early game and win it real hard. And 100 Thieves have been a little – they early in the season they were, like, ridiculously good. At the lock-in tournament they were ridiculously good early, and they've just kind of had, like, a different look recently. I don't know if it's something they changed or if that's that they're trying to diversify or if it's just the way. I mean, honestly, it looks mostly to me like that's just how the games have gone. It's not like they're trying one way or the other like they were doing really a lot earlier in the season. Like, giving current form, I hate overreacting to it, but, yeah, like, give me give me Evil Geniuses here, I think. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't I think, think I'm going to – oh, go ahead. I, I'm – I don't know. I'm everyone kind of knows me as the resident Demonte hater, but I actually have just been like very unimpressed by who he recently. And I think that if Ignar gets one of his crazy counterpick matchups, we saw him pull out the Nico support last week. And he even said in his interview, he's like, yeah, you know, we didn't really want know if we wanted to play the Nico or something else that made more sense, but we were like, yeah, let's just try it. So it's like that, the, the, the fact that they have that in the bag to me, um, gives them, a, gives them like that punch up that we like to see. Right. Yeah. Because I, I think that that can help even out a lane in which FEI should be able to to take advantage of Deathly. And uh, the other thing is like we've talked about it a lot in the Discord, but like honestly, if you came into this and said top gap, can you even argue like in favor of Impact? Because like someday some, we know someday is a, is a talented player, but he hasn't shown it yeah, this split he's, yet. He's been a little little rough around the edges this season. So yeah, I mean. I it it feels like you know it's it's eighty carry gap I guess in favor of hundred thieves but like I think that's a little bit countered by what I think is a bit of a support gap, um, and you could argue that maybe the bigger one's the jungle gap with closer and Spence Garen, um, but this kind of meta that we're going into, I think favors what we think of Spence Garen as more than what we think of closer as. So yeah. I like I like I like all that say I like EG at this price for sure. Yeah, I you uh, just a quick note on the Nico. Uh, you're going to start seeing this more. Uh, it's a really, 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 really good pick, specifically into Santa Tom. And it also works really, really well with stuff that I think you're probably going to – I mean, you're going to start seeing more Callista. Callista Nico is actually kind of bonkers if you've never played it. Try it out. It's hilarious. 
And Callista Nico, you want to talk about a lane that completely dumpsters Senna Tom Kench, it's that lane. Like, Callista Nico is, like, the hardest counter that ever countered. So, um, and, like, I mean, they played, I think, was Varus in that game, right? Is that the pick they play with it, right? Which is a little weird, but, like, that's also pretty good in that situation because they AoE healing reduction and, you know, it's just really good at poking them out before they get anything. So that's how you beat Senna. Like, you think the healing's good, that they can, like, heal up through the poke, but, like, they're not doing that unless they're hitting you. So if you play double ranged against it, it's a lot harder for the Senna to, to constantly be proccing the heal because they get the cooldown reduction from autos. So, yeah. You're going to start seeing Nico support a lot more, I think. Uh, FlyQuest, plus 275, Cloud9, minus 400. I'm not getting away to a Cloud9 right now, period. They just look really, really good. They look better than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, probably a no bet for me. I think Cloud9 is kind of variant, but I don't think this is Yeah, I do I do too, but it's just like, I'm not FlyQuest. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick I'll pick other, like, better teams as dogs against against C9. I think I'll pick my spots there. Ever since Diamond memed in that bush, I'm never picking FlyQuest. <laughs> um, Golden Guardians, plus 534 against Liquid. I wouldn't bet Golden Guardians if they were plus 5,000 against Liquid, so. Yeah. I wouldn't bet Golden Guardians if they were plus 5,000 against my Clash team. I'm tired of these guys. Get them out, get them out of the league. Immortals. What? We're not taking a team at plus 500 and a best of one now? I know. I'm not doing They're it, dude. very bad. Guys, listen. They're AD carries is... Yes, but the thing is, though, here, here's the only thing. Take I agree. The Take the kill spread in this game. No, no, but I agree normally. I agree normally, but this is a good Stixa meta, and that sounds so terrible. Yeah, but no, all Stixa plays are super hyperscales. He plays the Jinx, Ezreal. he plays the Tristana, he plays like all these super hyperscaling champions, and this is like finally a meta where he can do it. And Caitlin, Caitlin's I'll also good. mention, I'll also mention they're the only team that's pulled out this Janna support, and Newbie has looked good on it. Yeah. Like there is an avenue to them winning, and it's not high, but plus five hundred is too much in a best of one. I do want to see more. Uh, I want to see more of the Jinx. I'll say that you're gonna see um, you're gonna see a lot more of her this patch too. She's I think really I think good. the Jinx is absurd right now. If you, I mean, obviously she's got her early Dude. game weakness, but I think she's absurd. You right can now. you can always tell what teams have been playing before a patch rotates when like the patch before like they're playing the new champion that's good on this patch before it's even that patch in pro play. Like I know you saw a couple of the LPL teams play Jinx this morning and they're still on eleven three. So it's yeah. I mean, if you're gonna play Golden Guardians, I think play like play like a unit on the on the kill spread. It's gonna be like ten and a half in this game. Liquid don't give a shit how they win. They frequently win like twelve to four. Ten and a half is a big number for them to cover. So that's I think how you attack that. Uh, so when you introduce the next one, real quick, I'm just gonna quick look that up. Just it's to... my pick of the week, so I'll introduce it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Immortals will minus one thirty five against CLG plus one hundred one. I like CLG quite a bit here at plus one hundred one against Immortals. Uh, I think CLG is going to get better and better as the season goes on. Um, I still don't think they're like a you know like a top three team or anything, but I think they're going to get a lot better than we've seen from them. Hobelter admittedly was pretty bad at the, at the, to begin this uh, to begin yeah. his stint on the main team, but I think they they start to figure that out. I think as things go on, and I think Broxa fits in better as things go on. I think Finn has shown a capability to carry games mm-hmm. in, in the LCS, which is great. Uh, Wild Turtles still having a great season. I, yeah, I think this team's just going to get better as things go on, and Immortals is not impressive for me. So CLG, even as a small underdog, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to like, be betting CLG a lot the rest of the year because I think they're just going to be underrated forever because of how they started. 
So I think there's like going to be a lot of value. Like maybe they don't win these ones this weekend, but like over the next, the rest of the season, really, especially in summer, I think. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I like that as well. CLG here. I uh, looked up Liquid real fast. So Liquid are three and eight against the kill spread with an average spread of seven point nine kills. So if you can get like a nine and a half or a ten and a half, I think you just take it. Maybe you fire a quarter on the money line for Golden Guardians if you're if that tickles your fancy. Golden Guardians again plus two thirty six against Dignitas laying three forty five. God no damn bets. it! No bet. I'll take Dig kill spread probably. <laughs> God damn it! What am I? What what universe is this? Wow, no comment on this one. Okay. TSM minus one twenty, hundred thieves minus one fourteen. Wow, this bet for me entirely depends on who wins hundred thieves. Eg, I really think if if hundred thieves beats Eg, I think they're going to beat TSM too. If they lose to Eg, I think they're going to lose to TSM. I'm, I'm riding narrative street on this one. I'm going to look at who wins that that Friday game, and I'm going to bet this Saturday game based on it probably. Who has the better overall body of work in 2021? That's tough. I mean, That's like thieves- surprisingly yeah. tough, right? It is tough. Here's my take on this. The 100 Thieves wins aren't convincing as much as the TSM wins. The TSM wins were clean, and you like you feel like they have something to work with. 100 Thieves feel like they were more lucky than they were good in a lot of the times that they won those games. At least recently. So that way, it didn't start that way. They, they were just right. dumping on people to start the season, but... I actually I give more value to the hundred thieves wins than the the TSM ones. To the TSM ones, they were clean. They got an early lead. Yeah. They did what they needed to do and they closed it out. Um, but for me, that doesn't show you what they do when they get, when there's adversity on the yeah, line. If they yeah. if their macro play is good, with the hundred thieves wins, they were behind and they played extremely well. They were behind in order to come back with bad comps. comps. Yeah. yeah. And, and came back. So that tells me, you know, if they get a lead, it's no problem at all. And if they don't get a lead, they're still alive because they they play so well from behind. Yeah. This is an intriguing one. I think uh, there's cases to be made for both sides. I think people that lean more toward recency or more toward, you know, convincing wins, I think is. But, yeah, I thought that que- I thought that was the best way to frame this one. As soon as I wrote this game down, it's like, that's the question I'm going to ask because I think you know, even if it doesn't have any relevance to this game specifically, I just think it's an interesting question to ask, right? Like, how heavy do you... It's a good way to test how much you weight recency bias and all that, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, this one, I think you could make a case for either side. Josh, you have a side on this one? Or you just wait and see. Wait and see. I think it's TSM. Um, my plan right now on that day is to play TSM in my cash lineup, but I think John's point about the Friday game for 100 Thieves is... At least reasonable to consider. Um, I think this is another matchup where I'm pretty confident that the mid gap is is going to be pretty large. So, yeah. Cloud Nine minus one forty three. Team Liquid plus one hundred seven. It's Team Liquid for me. Yeah, I think Liquid's good. gonna. I think Liquid's gonna be your Cloud Nine beaters. I think they're yeah. gonna be a team that performs better against Cloud Nine than most other teams. And having them as an underdog against Cloud9, I think, is a good spot. I think Liquid are... Did you see the interview they did with, uh, with Santorin, I think it was? It might have been Alfari, I forget. No. Um, they were talking about how, like, basically, they've been trying different things. And, like, they don't want to just be the same. They don't want to be winning games the way they won them last year. So, I think that 
whether how much weight you put on this kind of thing. Like in other words, like last year, if you, I don't know if you guys remember, like last year they were basically just like the best version of FlyQuest ever. Like they were just gonna sit there and let you beat yourself, and they would lane you to death, and that was it, and they would choke you out. Like that's where that's where like all the Broxa memes came from because he didn't have to do shit on that team. <laughs> like he literally just could have been a bot, and it didn't matter on that team. You're kind of seeing some of that still, but they're they're also willing to be a little more aggressive, which I think you you probably have to do against Cloud9 because they're going to be up in your face doing stuff. I, I I think by season's end, Liquid's going to be a better team. We we talked about this before the season started. I think they've had a little bit of a rocky start. I mean, you could make the case, based on what we've seen so far, that like Cloud9 are playing better right now. I, I, I can totally see that. And if that's the case, I think this is a decent number, if you feel that way. But I'm with you. Like I, I, I think these two teams are going to be close. Like neck I think TL's a, a very smart team. Yeah. That comes up with pretty good game plans for the most part. And I think Cloud9 is abusable if you have the right game plan. I, I think Alfari versus Fudge is a matchup you can abuse. They're going to isolate I think the, the bot shit lane, out of that. I think the bot lane is even a matchup you can abuse. And I think what you have to do is not get stomped by perks or not let perks stomp your other lanes. Not let them roam to bot. Not let them roam to top. Or at least not let them take advantage of that. And I think Liquid is the kind of team that's smart enough to not let blabber and perks like run them over and just isolate that top lane matchup or isolate the bottom lane matchup, stop perks and blabber from affecting it, and they should win those lanes pretty heavily. Yeah, don't ban Olaf. <laughs> uh, I know the memes have been flowing, but like, goddamn it, when are people going to stop trying to beat this shit against blabber? Has he lost on it yet? I don't think he's lost since like last summer. Yeah, his Olaf's monstrous. That. It's ridiculous. Um, I can see case for either side here. I'm going to be on liquid though. It's cloud, it's cloud nine for me. I, this team looks untouchable right now to me. Like they, they ran a bouncy castle, bouncy castle Yasuo composition, yeah. absolutely steamrolled. And then they took a hundred thieves to the laundromat in 23 minutes. Yeah, I saw that. Like, I, there's just no way I'm, I'm messing with this. And you're, see, I finally get a number less than 150 on them. Like, hammer for me. See, I just me, think the liquid, mid jungle's untouchable. Liquid's the only team that's going to challenge this team in this league. I, I just, I don't think Jensen and Santorin are even close to Blabber and, and Perks right now. I don't think I literally think they're on a completely different stratosphere. We shall see. They have been the best duo in the league. I'll give you that. Like not close, <laughs> but yeah. Evil Geniuses minus two sixty three. Immortals plus one eighty nine. I don't back EG as big favorites. Pass. Yeah, that's very passable. FlyQuest minus one sixty one. CLG plus one twenty two. CLG. CLG. Yeah, that's a very good CLG bet there. Plus 122. I considered that for my pick of the week, but went with the other one instead. That's my pick of the week. Spoiler Fuck. alert. God damn it. <laughs> you, did say, you did say you're going to be heavy on CLG the rest of the season, so if you want it, I'll take no, uh, no, Cloud9. I think I have some of this stuff in the East that I like more. Uh, I'll get to that in a sec. Um, 100 Thieves minus 455 against Golden Guardians. Got to pass it. Too big. Golden Guardians. Do you lay, like, thieves lay sucks at half, or do you take the kill spread? Yes, I think you do. I mean, was isn't this the game that went like fifty minutes and then a hundred thieves won, but were like lost in kills or something? Yeah, yeah that was like Golden Guardians' best game of the year, and they lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is the kill? So spread? I, the, I think kill spread definitely eight and would... a half. Eight and a half minus twenty three. Yeah. I don't know, man. Colton Guardians suck. Maybe if 100 Thieves lose their previous two matchups, I could see. Uh, I, I don't know. Like at, so, at some point, does this like Golden Guardians have to learn how to play at some point, right? 
<laughs> like they can't stay this terrible. Or can they? It's tough. It's the LCS we're talking about. This is kind true. of a me. Mondo true. Evil Genius is minus one fifty nine. Dignitas plus one twenty. This is closer to possible for EG, I think. Yeah, I'm betting EG here for sure. I hate laying money with this enough. team, but I, I I think it's good enough. This was that Valentine's Day game, wasn't it? Where where Jizuke was chasing after. Yeah, he like died in the turret twice, right? I swear this guy's gonna tell me. I don't think he'll do that again. Jizuke's Valentine. He's like turret, please be mine. <laughs> the turret was like, you're dead. You're quite the poet there, Vince. Yeah, I didn't test though. Cloud9 minus 200 TSM plus 148. Ugh. I kind of want to do TSM, man. I might just pass this one. Like, I think Liquid are better than TSM. That's why, like, I was willing yeah. to. But they are playing really good right now. I like TSM bet 12 times better than the Liquid bet, just it's based the on the price. number alone. Just the price. Yeah. You think the two of them are TSM beat Liquid, like, last weekend. Like, Yeah. I think they're very similar in terms of how they're playing right now. I think TL has more skilled players. Don't get me wrong, but like you said, they're messing. They're they're trying new things. They're not. I don't know. TSM seems to be a little bit more well put together right maybe, now. To me. Maybe you just take both, and if one hits, you take your profit. I don't know. One of the C not going to win both of these, are they? Maybe they are. Maybe I'm an idiot. Yeah, I don't know. God damn it. All right, fine. I'm on TSM with you. CLG plus 343. Liquid plus or minus 556. I think 343 is good enough. I think you can take CLG yeah, here. That's a big be. number. If it was smaller, I wouldn't touch it, but 343 is a big enough, I think. Yeah. It's kill spread at least for me. It's like nine and a half. I'll take kill spread on CLG. FlyQuest minus one forty seven. Immortals plus one eleven. Has FlyQuest shown like can, has FlyQuest shown anybody anything? Can we just say that this team's not good either. Are we willing yeah, to go not, there yet? Yeah, they're not good. But this is another one of those matchups I'm never going to get right. This is a classic John is never going to be right example. I'm just I'm going to take Immortals and close my nose and just take Immortals here. I'm probably going to bet FlyQuest, but I'm almost guaranteed to be wrong. So I, I just think these two teams are basically the same right now. Well, here's here's my question to you, Vince. Like. Why would you bet Immortals against FlyQuest when you can get a better price on CLG who you're betting against Immortals, right? I don't think there's I any reason CLG. to bet them. Yeah, you took CLG over Immortals, but... I think CLG is better than both of these teams. Yeah, so, like, there's why wouldn't you... Money on CLG against FlyQuest. CLG got plus 122 instead of Immortals plus 111, you know what I mean? I'd just rather bet why that. Not both? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I would just much rather bet on CLG. I think the price is better and they're a better team, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I take both. By the way, I'll, I'll, I'll note it just for those that follow along with me. I'm playing, I've, I've, I've cut back. I'm half stakes on LCS the rest of the way until I get a better vibe on these teams. This league's been one. It's been terrible to me Two, If you actually look at it, like it's been ridiculously variant. Like th there is no trends other than games are closer because they're shittier and messier. Like, more towers die in these games. More dragons die in these games. The game times are longer, other than, like, the elite teams. Like, it's an actual clown fiesta. So, 
I I mean I'm gonna pull up real quick just like dogs versus favorites. LCS. Alright, so favorites are kinda of winning a lot, but let's see. Yeah. Looks like we got Underdogs have covered the kill spread thirty four out of sixty games. So a lot of closer, sloppier, choppy games. Most games are going, you know, over your tower totals and stuff like that. Like, it's it's just been kind of a clown fiesta. So I think it's a lot of variance in this league, except for the top teams. So take it with a grain of salt. I, I have not been able to get a good read on this. Um, it's been even worse than LCK, I think, for me. I gotta, Yeah, so it's it's been pretty brutal so far. Uh, so, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Best of one's already highly volatile, and I think the LCS just in general this season has been highly volatile as well. So... I don't know. Have you guys had like any strong reads on any particular team, or are you just are you guys in the same boat as me where this has just been like an absolute shit show? I feel like I have a pretty good read on the top teams in the league. The yeah. bottom teams in the league are just complete jokes for me. I just can't no shot. Like you can bank on C nine pretty much every day of the week, except when they play against like the closer competition, the top teams. This league's been. Yeah, the toughest thing for me has been. Chris talked about earlier, 100 Thieves just doesn't win clean, and then Dignitas has cleaned me out. I think those are, like, the two, yeah. two like, biggest things that have hurt me. Uh, maybe in addition to, like, early in the season, I thought Flycoast would be a lot better than they are. Yeah. I, um, I'm, like, just looking over my shit. Like, I, I'm actually, like, my average odds are, like, you know, laying one 111. So, like, maybe that's my mistake. I should just be on more dogs than I've been on. I don't know, but it's been, it's been a bloodbath for me. So... All right, pick of the week. Last week, I hit on the two extra ones I was considering and not the actual pick of the week that I put in because Rogue Warriors suck. Sorry. <laughs> XL also sucks. XL as also the, sucks, as does Sandbox. As the sandbox By yeah. the way, can sandbox. we just take a – and Vitality. What is the common trend? There are two things in common between all – three things in common between all of these teams. Thing number one, we all picked them for pick of the week last week on the Gold Card Podcast. Two, these are teams that have good numbers and fucking awful everything else. Except for Rogue Warriors, who just suck all around. What is the third thing? They're all, like, bottom two in the league. What were we thinking last week? (laughs) Hive mentality is like, oh, everyone's picking bottom teams. They gotta win this one. Was last week's card just hard? Because I made an absolute... Last week was my best week of the season. Listen, Gelati, I'm not here to I'm not here to I'm not here to fucking sling pipe with minus four hundred favorites every yeah, day. Yeah, you're okay? right. That's you're not right. why I show up to the gold card podcast. Man, oh, I'll man. show up here every Wednesday to, to bet minus four hundred favorites. I'm here to put XL on the Oof. line where it asks for your pick of the week. That's what I'm here we for. We got we've we've bricked back to back weeks now, by the way. That That's that right, is actually that has actually never happened. Yeah, and it's our after our hottest start too. We are ninety six episodes into the gold card podcast. We've never back to back bricked. Ever. Hey, regression. All right. It happens. You know? Yeah, it happens. You're right. You're right. I think we're still up on the year anyway. So, um, I didn't. Oh, shit. I didn't actually put all these into the thing. I'll, I'll do that next week. You can check the show notes. We're up over a million dollars. Check the show notes. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. A, actually, I can just do it off the top of my head. It'll be real easy. Um, pick of the week for this week. Uh, who wants to go first? And then I'm just going to quick give a rough estimate on the pick of the week numbers. I went CLG plus 101 against the Mortals. I just think CLG is going to get better as the season goes on. I think they're undervalued right now. The listeners uh, last week, by the way, did win their parlay, Kev. Yes, uh, they did. 
did Fanatic money did line that. and Rogue money line at minus one forty one did hit. Uh, so that was good. But yeah, I'm taking CLG plus one hundred one against the Immortals. Are we really gonna do triple CLG? Uh, no, not like this, dude. Not like this. I mean, you can look. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not doing it. I, I refuse. I'm not doing triple CLG. You can do it if you want. I'm. I'm passing. Chris, who do you like? I, I was flip flopping. I almost had TL plus one hundred six against C nine, but I then remember I do not bet LCS for my pick of the week. Not anymore. This might be my first time I'm actually picking an, a minus um, for my pick of the week. I'm taking EDG money line against okay. RNG because I hate RNG. And if I bet RNG, they'll lose. So I pick <laughs> so RNG will win. Like It'll that. work out. It'll work out that way. I think that was maybe the best value on the board. One of them anyway, if you, if you believe in the numbers and all that. Josh, what about you? What did you settle on? Uh, go ahead. I want to look at one thing before I before I. I'm gonna take. Finalize. It's gonna be a little bit of a weird one. Um, it's gonna look weird, but I think I think it's a good spot. I'm gonna take victory five plus one and a half maps, at minus one fifty six against Sooning. I think victory five are a good enough early game team that they can snowball on anybody. Like I don't care how good the team is. They they they've shown this enough times now. So, uh, they are a team that I like betting the map spread with quite often, especially when they're big underdogs like this. So victory five plus one and a half maps at minus one fifty six. I'll probably be on that money line as well. So that will be my All pick right. of the week. I've done it. Better write I've... it down. CLG parlay. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Oh no. Alright, I'm gonna go I'm going I'm going a little bit out of the box. I'm going IG Yeah, yeah, this is happening. After two, after two, after two bricks. No, no, no. After two bricks, there's just only one way to do this. You know, you just got to confront your fears head on. Uh, But I'm not betting on them. I'm betting IG top esports under two and a half at minus one thirty. I like that bet. I'm writing down one listener nominee, and then I'm going to roll the dice real quick. Can we exclude Kevin's nonsensical parlay from the role? Uh, he sent me a legitimate one. Okay. The one up here. It's not a stupid 10-teamer. I think that's like... I mean, I don't like it, but I think it's close enough to reasonable that we'll put that in the pool. Ghost, you need to tweet your... Ugh, let me check the Twitter. A little... Might as well hold the game up even longer, right? Or the... the... Let's see. Let's see if I got any other nominees via Twitter here. Via the tweeters. All right, we got one more. All right, it's the one I wrote down. Uh, Ghost, you didn't send me yours, and you didn't send me odds for it. I'm just going to write Ghost. And message me what it is and what the odds are, and we'll put it in the pool. I'm going to go random number generator this right now. I know it's going to land on his, too. All right, it didn't. It didn't. That's the one we landed here. So, Big Kev wins the listener pick of the week with a parlay 
Liquid over Golden Guardians, 100 Thieves over TSM, Cloud9 over FlyQuest, and G2 over Rogue. Four legs, plus 314. I'd just like to put out there that this would stop happening if we would just ban him from the Discord, like I've said for years now. This would stop happening if we got more legitimate Pick of the Week offers. And it would probably I feel like stop. this, this is like a legitimate parlay. I feel like throwing 100 Thieves over TSM in there hurts this parlay a lot. I feel like G2... Uh, I feel like those other three legs... Is all right. Be, yeah. The three fourteen number doesn't feel as good when you have a matchup that's like not that far off of even money included, and you're only getting three to one in a four. When you have two of those, like, <sighs> look, even if you're bullish on G two, like, I think you have to give some amount of respect to Rogue there, right? Do I? No, you don't. Do I? I, guess I, so. I guess so. <laughs> if you think that you have like an actual edge on that match, and that's that's fine, but I agree with you. The hundred thieves one, the hundred thieves TSM one's pretty close to a coin flip for me. So. I don't like it, but Kev likes it, and that's going to be the listener pick of the week. So let's uh, let's start. I'll, I'll start tweeting out, or I gotta start tweeting out earlier in the day. But let's uh, let's start let's start getting some good listener pick of the week. We did get a couple good nominees. I want to shout out a couple of the other nominees real quick here, uh, not including Ghost Riders' ridiculous ten team parlay. Uh, Avh two ag also. God damn it! God damn it! Every time now, this is just a thing. First of all, I don't feel like calculating odds on these things. Make sure you send odds with them. Two, stop. Stop. It's a bad habit. Don't ever stop. Three, props to Waco Kid 5 who sent us G2 minus 164 against Rogue. There's nothing wrong with that pick. Listen, guys, don't ever stop treating <laughs> Okay, I, I hit my 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, and 2. Hit your round robins. Hit your round robin. <laughs> They're not even round robins. I hit my MMA where I do like every fight and every fight minus one, every fight minus two. Oh, every oh fight okay, minus three. got it, got it, got it. And I got all the fights right in MMA last week and hit all of them for a ridiculous amount of money. That's hilarious. I hit a goofy. What the? Hell? I hit a really goofy one a couple weeks ago for uh, a friend of mine. A friend of mine does like a lot of tennis handicapping, and he turned me on to Osaka like early, and I got like a plus six hundred on Osaka to win that. And I par- I had that with like one of the golfers from that weekend top twenty and I hit that it was like it was like a, it was like a plus twenty five hundred which was fun but speaking yeah. of weird bets make sure to tune in next week uh, we have some stories <laughs> with a lot of very weird bets that's that's involved in it it's a uh, it's a it's a real banger of a story and there's definitely some weird there were some spoilers in the Discord today that that to give away a little piece of the puzzle to but tease yeah, it out make sure to tune in next week uh, to catch that uh, you're not gonna want to miss dude it. this is. We're gonna have to do this up. Like we're gonna have to have sound effects and an intro, and like we're gonna have to get we you like just, one of those ASMR like good quality microphones so you can get all up in. <laughs> we could just tease it for like 150 episodes in a row. Yeah, that's like, true. That's literally, true. never give the story away. That stick. This is magic. I'll tell podcast the story ever. when Forbes interviews me. There I'll we tell go. The story <laughs> in my Forbes article. What's the uh there's a there's a magic podcast I, I listened to that did a really goofy bit with their, their episode two hundred. So they did episode two hundred and then episode two hundred and a half and then episode two hundred point seven and then episode two hundred point nine and they did it for like fifteen episodes. Like it was, it was legitimately <laughs> for like fifteen episodes afterwards because the idea they had was originally to celebrate by like doing a compilation, like cutting all these clips together to make like a highlight reel essentially. And yeah, wait, go. It just took them so. It just took them so long to assemble that that they just did like another 
six months worth of episodes. It was something else. ASMR Gold Car Podcast. Hey, listen, I know that there are at least a handful of people that would probably listen to that. I don't know what the content would be. <laughs> that would be a fun theme episode. Like an after that, we do like ten minutes of podcasting that way, and that's I don't my know. wife would. My wife would probably appreciate it. Like it's, my voice puts her to sleep instantly if I ever start talking to her. She's pretty much gone. So okay, that's... <laughs> that does not sound good out of context. But <laughs> All right, I think we're, I think uh, we're clearly running off the rails here a little bit, and I do have an article to put out because I got held up with that today. So. We're going to get out of here. I will try to have this out. There's a good chance we might put this out Thursday morning. We'll see. But um, unless you guys have anything else, let's get on out of here. We ran very long tonight. I just look over. My wife's leaning around the corner like. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we have to do this ASMR. (laughs) The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. Closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.